previously on Martini Time. The whole point of Ready Player One is how much 80s nostalgia and trivia you know. That's the only way you're going to win. And that is just like, you're kidding me. Because I watched Ready Player Ferris One Bueller's... is almost as misanthropic and hateful as AI is. <laughs> yeah. It's like, because I saw Ferris Bueller's Day Off a hundred times, I can win the game of Ready Player One. I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? That is that is the, what's valuable in the world? Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 38, which, ironically based on what we were talking about at the beginning of last or the end of last episode and which I put into the intro is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes, from 1986, directed by John Hughes. Uh, and it's also a movie that Eric Schiele had not seen until we made him watch it for the podcast. Uh, a very insightful information that we got. And we actually got a lot into Eric and his history as well. Really good one. Really good podcast. I really liked it. I will also note that this was recorded long before we were sent into isolation, or it seems like long before we were sent into isolation. Yeah, it was recorded back around March 11th, so um, not, you know, things things were just turning around at that time. Uh, but it was a really great episode, and it was really fun to be able to have these guys and uh, talk about this kind of stuff. Uh, we are going to be also talking about other movies that some of our hosts, uh, me specifically, have not seen uh, until we did it for the podcast, and that is A Clockwork Orange, and that will be coming out in a couple of weeks. I know a lot of you have been anticipating that. Um, but uh, yes, hopefully you guys are safe and everything's going well. We do have a couple more episodes, uh, which we recorded in person, but we will be recording things remotely as well. We're trying to make that adjustment. All right. That said, please enjoy Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Hi, how are you? How's good. Everybody? Is everybody well? <clears throat> We're doing good. Chitty chatty, chitty chatty. Here's an, an unusual thing. I'm going to lead off today, and I'll tell you why. What's that? Um, because I... It, boom. Holy smokes, dude. Look at that. Chicka boom. Did What's you put this? that up on the Instagram? What? Oh, I did see that on Instagram. Yeah, that's yeah, great it looks. I don't shoot Instagram well because <clears throat> it looks better in person. These are great. Thank you. These are great. Yeah, really beautiful. You guys should follow Eric on Instagram. So basically, uh, for those of you listening, he does a lot of sketches uh while we're talking that's mm -hmm. his his thing and uh he's now starting to put him up on instagram so what's your instagram so that people can follow it's you it's eric Sheely. eric Sheely. yeah and then my website is eric .com, <laughs> Very nice. which i got to update but because uh, i've been working on the other one blue blood yeah right, right 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 yeah but um but you're leading off i'm leading off and i'll tell you why guys and thank you for coming tonight and uh i want to thank everybody here and i want to thank you um I have not seen this movie. I ne had never seen Ferris Bueller's Day You'd Off. You'd never seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That was this the whole the, point. That was the yeah. whole point. Yes. My God. So I totally – there was multiple levels of uh, – like I watched it with my daughter. Mm -hmm. I watched it with my kids too. I watched you it on did. the phone. Yeah, I did. did. They, had they seen <laughs> it? They'd never seen it. So I'd oh seen, I've seen it wow. like – you know, Brazilian 30 times, times sure. right? But they'd never seen it. And I, and we had to watch it. I had to watch it for Martini Night. And I was with Ken. And I was like, I think we should watch it with the kids. It's like, yeah, that's, oh, yeah. They, can, they can totally see this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and they love yeah, My kids love it also. It's one of the yeah. all-time favorites. Yeah. All-time favorites. So, so you, you liked it. I – okay. Here's the thing. And that's why I kind of – I usually don't lead off, guys, because mm. 
have nothing to say. But this one, I do have something to say. And I kind of sat there, watched it, and I realized what would I have thought of it back in whenever, the 80s. In the 80s. 80s. And I think I probably would have liked it more back then. And I, right. I, I because there was certain aspects of the story. Uh, it's very 80s. It's a well-made movie, right. and obviously, yeah. and it's very John Hughes. So very John. It's Hughes. the epitome of John Hughes. Yeah, it's yeah. the most focused it's the laser light. Best light. Yeah, John it's Hughes, intense movie. John Hughes. Yes. yes, and there was definitely there was an adventurism to it, and there was this the way the car went through the glass and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a serious thing, and I was that was there was some darkness to it too. Oh which is, yeah, yes. I really was shocked by a little that. Uncle Bucky, a little Uncle Bucky. Uncle yeah, Bucky. yeah, and there was some weird. <laughs> Stuff and that Jennifer Grey, yeah, 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 and she was she was cute, and the other girl was super hot. So I probably would Mia have loved Sarah. Mia oh Sarah. my god, was she in? Um, don't say, don't say, don't okay. say. Less than zero. I want to say yes to that. I know that she was in Legend. Um, Legend. Yeah, uh, she was in Time Cop. Yeah, uh, and that's she the- is also married to uh, Jim Henson's son. Oh, well, that, that's cool. Wow. That's yeah, 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 they yeah. must have. Uh, they're still married. Oh, that's interesting. Wow, yeah, that's really cool. uh, she was. Hello, Mia Sarah. Uh, I think there was a TV show, mm-hmm. possibly about. Um, oh crap! What, what's what's the one that just came out with Harlequin? Oh, um, yeah, uh, Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. So there yeah. was a Birds of Prey TV show, and mm-hmm. I think she was supposed to play Harlequin in that. Oh, that's cool. Or she is Harlequin. It didn't la- it lasted like one or two seasons. As the voice, obviously. No. Really? As an actor. She still is beautiful. How old is she? Mm, probably a little older than us. But this yeah. was probably about 10, 12 years ago. Oh, I thought yeah. you meant now. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Okay. I thought you meant like right now. Was like, no, no, no. <laughs> In the early 2000s, I think. Because I'm 38, so maybe yeah, she's yeah. early I'm 40s. 24. She was 18 when Ferris Bueller stayed. Yeah. She is super magnificent hot. in that thing. Yeah. She's so, so damn so funny. So hot. Yeah, unbelievable. So originally – Her timing is – Originally, guess tonight. who was supposed to play the role? Don't know. Of her? Uh, Molly Ringwald. Oh. No kidding. Oh, makes but, sense. Of course. But uh, John – it's interesting. So Molly Ringwald's recollection <laughs> of the story is <laughs> that – uh, she, uh, John Hughes told her, no, nah, I'm not going to give it to you because the role isn't big enough. Right. Clearly it's a big role. Uh, but he really turned it down because uh, he wanted someone to look much more elegant and sophisticated. Yes. Yeah, that's reasonable. And there's no way Molly Ringwald would have fit that. No. Yeah, like, uh, Molly Ringwald is high school and she defined high school. Right. In, in and, John Hughes films. Right. And uh, Mia Sarah is not that. Like, no, she's, she's not. She's, she's, a, she's a, she a Ferris Bueller uh, level person yeah yeah <laughs> she is she is sophisticated yeah. and and yeah her her yeah 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 that's that's uh because i think that like what's what's very interesting is matthew broderick there's a this. lot of i mean i was completely in love with her mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah sure. Sure. And, 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 and when that movie came out and she and she's terrifically funny in this and there's movie. a lot of, there's funny. a lot of her facial expressions especially mm-hmm. her eyebrows uh-huh. that uh is one of the reasons that are very much very close to my wife. Oh, that's great. That's which fun. is probably one of the reasons. Like the, my wife has these very interesting eyebrow expressions right. that right. Mia Sarah also has. And I'm like, I think that's kind of what like sprung up my attraction well, to my wife. She, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, yeah, uh, seriously. Uh, yeah, she's uh, – Mia Sarah has that uh, – she has a – That's an interesting – that's a whole – I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. That's a whole podcast. Like what made you – 
what formed your sense of attraction for um, your mate? Like, was it films? And if it was films, uh, I am, I have known my mate since uh, I I have never not known her. By the way, here, uh, uh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, that's right. I've 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 known her since I was ten, and I don't remember. Not from, knowing her, I don't remember not knowing her. So, I, so she formed the she formed the mold. She, she was of she made her own self. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are drinking a uh, 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 whiskey that I got at the Hilo Liquor Store on Washington Boulevard in Culver City, and I love this label. Oh, that's look at that Handlebar. It's called Handlebar American Whiskey. It's your bar. Handle it. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Like it's that. a pretty decent. I gotta say, I, I gave a little a taste to make sure that we're not. Uh, doing something terrible, but it's really good. So give it a try. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, it has like a lovely logo with a handlebar mustache and bars behind it. It felt classy enough <laughs> yeah, that no, it would a... work with the Ferris Bueller's thing. That's right. Yeah, that I, was what I'm going with, a little I classiness. A, I think that Ferris Bueller, the character right now. I like the song. Uh, in his mid-50s, probably drinks this. Handlebar. handlebar. American whiskey. That's right. Yeah. It's your bar. Handle it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's uh, like what's, this is the first time that I watched it without mm, my Same. kids uh, yeah. for a long, long time. And the first time I've seen it in a long time. I've seen it a few times with my kids. They love it. Um, but it's the first time I watched it by myself in a while. And I was really aware of like, holy shit, Matthew Broderick is a little kid in this. He is. Yeah. Let me go, like, it was so like, I remember him being much more grown up looking. Three? Is this before he killed somebody or after he killed uh, before. somebody? Yes. Yeah, before. Yes. Yeah. So him Sadly, and his sister yes. went to Ireland. Yeah. Or Ireland. Yeah, yeah. They got married or got engaged. His sister? The sister in a movie. Yes. Right. Uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Grey. And, and Matthew Broderick end up getting engaged oh. later in life. Like right. the actors, the real people in real yes, life. Yes, of course. Yes. Uh, and then that's when the accident in Ireland happened. Oh, so sad. Was she in the car too, Jennifer Grey? I Gray? think she was in the car. I'm not sure. That's that's really that's really sad. It's very terrible. So uh, yeah, <laughs> having having been just in a so car people know what's the, the basically they were driving in Ireland. Was mm-hmm. he drunk? I'm not sure. Yes, not, I, I know nothing about possibly, this. I just know of the accident. possibly drunk. Yes, I think and then, I believe and then there about was a 90- car accident that he got involved with, and then ended up killing a mother and daughter. Ugh, yes, horrible. In the other uh, the car. Yeah, that's that is sad. And I don't know for sure if he was flown out of the country immediately. Mm, but yeah. if you go to Wikipedia, you can look it up. But I remember reading about that like, ah. Uh, yeah, that's really heartbreaking. I, I think that he seems like a very nice, good person. And I think making dumb mistakes like that that add up to sudden ridiculous tragedy is, uh, yeah. is really too bad. Um, because I, I know uh, certainly myself, I have made equally dumb mistakes just without hitting someone else with my car. Right. So I – Really? Yeah, that's, I, that's I don't, a, I'm trying to. I mean, when I was like, like you know, when mistakes. I was very young, you do dumb stuff, you know, and uh, I still do. Did, <clears throat> did dumb stuff. No, you don't. Yeah. Not dumb stuff besides like that. Make, that's a young besides creating stuff. this podcast, what other dumb thing have you done uh, <laughs> today? This podcast is actually a really good example of a dumb thing I've done. Um, <clears throat> it is. It's a lovely thing. A lovely dumb thing. It I'm doesn't not. make money. Yeah. It doesn't make money, but it allows. You thought it was going to make money. Yeah, of course I did. The merch is through the roof, guys. What are you talking about? I don't care. Uh, I, what it really is is an opportunity for me to uh, make sure that my Tuesdays are free to hang out. This is like my poker night. Yeah, this is just chilling. This is a, I would do this. And, and we can hang even out if all the time. doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what? The people who do listen to this, and I know they're out there, mm-hmm. they like it. They like That's hanging right. out with us. Shout outs to Sri Lanka. What's up? <laughs> 
I do recall, though, the time when when you gave us that. Shout out to Bernie in Berlin. That's right. When you gave us that speech where you're like, look, it's not about the money. It's about hanging out with you guys. And it was about six months in. I was like, okay, he looked at the numbers. (laughs) He realized. I just want to say. (laughs) No, that's not necessarily the case because we're actually getting a lot of – I don't know if you just noticed, but we're getting a lot of emails from people that want uh, to – to promote the thing, like marketing emails. Like, we're not getting marketing emails. Right, right, right. So right. we got enough attention that we're getting marketing emails. That's like, good. That's nice. Eh, it's a bar. Yeah, whatever. It's a, but, you know, we got to handle it. Honestly speaking, <laughs> making bar. money is just going to be a lot of work. That's true. I hate fucking having money. <laughs> no. <laughs> Meaning if we're going to if we're going to commercialize this podcast, it's going to it's going to be like me having to do a lot more yeah, work. Yeah, no, that's very true. I and think I'm true. the only one that – like you – it's like I do a lot of the work, or at least I do with the website yeah. and the graphics, and then it's you do like, a great job. I, well, I'm not saying great or bad. It's just it's a lot of work doing yeah. like, that. Yeah, I know. I have to do all the editing and all this. That's copying. a lot of work too. Yeah. But then after that, it's well, sharp slope. Yeah, it's not. It, if you had more to do, it would be a Jeez. lot. And we're only doing – and I knew – I, I wanted to do it every company. week and then Karen's like, don't do it every week. No, it would be crazy. you got too much shit to what do. What if we paid $100,000 for a marketing company and just put so, all – That's the, a great idea. Let's just do it. I think we should form a marketing company and do it ourselves and pay us that money. Oh, I like yeah, it. Good that idea. way we make $100,000. Then we're fucking millionaires, dude. <laughs> Instant. Blame. Coloba marketing. <laughs> that's right. C-O-L-O marketing. Did you hear that Joseph Colomb <laughs> yes. died? Oh, I did. yes, I did hear this. The, guy, right. the creator. No, the creator of uh, Trader Joe's. Yeah, that's right. Oh. Yeah. And I don't know if Colombe coffee is related to Joseph Colomb. I don't know. Mm. Maybe if they ever got in touch with us, they could let us know. It's true. Or if they promoted no, us or sent us free stuff. It's but true. I'm just it's saying. True. So, okay, let me tell you. Else, so you said it's the first time you watch it without the kids. Right? Yes. So I – uh, it was interesting because I've seen this movie a million times and every time it comes on or whatever I see, I watch it and I'm just like, I just see it. I recite the lines. I know it. I laugh at all the jokes. Like mm-hmm. I'm watching another episode of Seinfeld or whatever. This time I watched it very, very, very intently, like yeah. watching the cinematography, everything yeah. else. Two things were very important to me when I was watching this. One is to watch it as like per, trying to trying to watch it like I was watching it for the first time. Right. And the second one was always in the back of my head. It's like, this is the first time that Eric has ever seen this movie. I yeah, wonder how he's going to so see strange. this movie. Like, I, and, I, 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 this is so embedded in my brain. I don't know what it's like to not know of this movie. It's that's strange to say. Yeah. Interesting. It's it's really interesting. This is a really this is baked into my experience so so thoroughly, and it informed my uh, performative self in high school so much that. It's, uh, and I know really? I owe you guys oh, Clockwork Orange, which I think should probably be our next episode. I love it. So that, that we can do those two things. But wow. Eric. Yes. Uh, okay. Honestly speaking. Yes. Uh, give us give, – uh, you can start from the beginning and I'm sure most people have seen this movie. But tell me what was some of the things that sort of struck you about this movie or then, you know, questioned or whatever. Well, a couple of things. Um, first of all, there was that I like I said, if I had seen this back in the eighties, mm-hmm. being that age, I would have felt more in tune with it about skipping skipping school. Well, I, yeah, I couldn't. I've never, I couldn't do that where I went to high school, so I didn't. I couldn't do that, so right. I didn't have that experience because right, right, right. I went away to a boarding school, all right. boys. So it was a little bit school six days a week, right. 
Jack and tie school uh, church every morning at eight. So it's Jack and tie every six days a week as well. Or do you yeah, have like a, oh, a yeah. day off for no, just kind of Saturday. Sunday. There's classes on, sa- on, yeah. on Saturday and sports. Oh my god, yeah, man, hardcore. That was hardcore, dude. Yep. So uh, yeah, that was my high school experience, and so I. So did, this was an alien world. Too. It's a fucking alien yeah. world. Dude. First of all, it was an alien world to me too because I went to a French school in Greece when this happened. Mm-hmm. Right, very different. So this was the pers- John Hughes films were the personification of a high school to in me. A, yeah, right. because I, I as an Amer- as as an American who never lived in the United States, the, my only experience with high school uh, American high school was John Hughes films. Right, I didn't know anything else. And then when I came. To the United States, and I went to a high school. And I'm like, oh, it is kind of like that, except it's nastier, right? Yeah, like they're it's actually, shitty and mean. It's shitty and mean, <laughs> right? And and the nerdy kid never really gets it in the end. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Because right. I was the nerdy kid that never got it in the end. Anyway, go ahead, Eric. Were you a nerdy kid? Oh shit, yeah. Really? Yeah, same. Very, very, very nerdy. I but I was I was very I was very lucky. Uh, because I was super nerdy, super super nerdy. Right. But my uh, school was so small. Like my graduating class was twenty three people. Oof. And yeah, uh, thirty nine. Yeah, super tiny. And so you could not really hold grudges or have clicks for too long because there's just too few people. And right. so like it was it was a lot of it was a lot more cross pollination. Yeah. And uh, and even though I was especially in middle school like a a disaster of a like a social disaster. I didn't know how to talk to people. I was, I, I was, uh, I was a very unattractive person to be around. And uh, uh, but I met friends through the magic of Dungeons and Dragons. But that's right. cool. Um, that started to socialize me. And then they were the guys that I became friends with were actually the most popular guys at school. And then I became part of the, the sort of that, the the popular nerdy team. And so it was like they're kind of in sports, and I was the president of the drama club, and all this stuff. And it was just ridiculous, right? So like it was there was an, an there was an element of Ferris Bueller in my life all the time. Mm. We sort of took turns being Ferris Bueller, and most of the time I was Cameron. <laughs> right, <laughs> that is more or less my experience. So you felt cool once you got the D and D club. Yeah, you, you kind of relaxed a little bit, and you can talk to people and D and D. I not to pitch D and D, but D and D, which is now extremely popular. Uh, it was a watershed moment in my life because it was uh, not just it sort of forces you to be social with people, uh, but it forces you to be creative on the spot all the time. Yeah. And uh, and just have faith in coming up with ideas and, and act and all this other stuff. That's cool. So yeah, it's great. It was interesting. So I, I went to the French school, as I said, and my friend Jan – and if I'm going to put it this way, right? Jan, Jan and I were very close friends. Mm-hmm. Uh I actually had very, very much this relationship and Ferris Bueller. Mm-hmm. So Jan was Ferris Bueller. Yeah, nice. Raquel uh-huh. was his girlfriend. Right. Who was totally Mia Sarah. Yep. And I was Cameron. For yeah. sure. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. And the three of us would hang out all the time. Right, right. And Jan and I were very close. And Raquel was adorable, mm-hmm. beautiful. She was always very kind to me. Right. I always secretly lusted after her. <laughs> of course. Even though I would never go behind my my friend's back. And sure, she was very sure. kind to me at the right. same time. It was the same it was the same fucking thing. Yeah, of course. It's yeah. exactly the same relationship. Yeah. Anyway, but Jan and I uh we he he introduced me to D- Dungeon and Dragons. Of course. Yeah, there and, you go. But in the 
because it was completely unknown what Dungeons and Dragons was in the French mm-hmm. school, he's like, hey, let's try playing this. And we played it because we were both really big math nerds and mm-hmm. we really liked to do probability, oh, yeah. math, and all yeah. that stuff, right? Yeah. So we got into the probability of math stuff. We really weren't getting into the fantasy part of it. Right. That mm-hmm. was just part of what drove the 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 the, the stuff going on. Right. Yeah. But we enjoyed it. And so basically, like on Saturdays, he'd show up at my house. We it would be like four of us, and we'd play Dungeons and Dragons for like you know five six hours mm-hmm. in like in my backyard or whatever. And then we would go to the movies and do whatever. Right. right. And. Uh, so I really got into it because it was fun. Like, because we were mm-hmm. actually like, you know, going through the math and all that other stuff, and just goofing around with guys. Right. And then when I came to the United States, I'm like, oh, this is where Dungeon and Dragons comes from. Right. I want right. to play Dungeon and Dragons. Yeah, this is with, it. With the and then I realized all the people playing Dungeon and Dragons were like the most socially awkward oh, people yeah. around. Yeah, back then, and they was... were really into the fantasy of it, right. Right. which I was not. Right. And I was like. Oh, and then I started realizing just because I really want to play Dungeons and Dragons that I was being seen as something different. Oh yeah, and it was very weird. Now, so you stopped playing D and D? I'd stopped. Yeah, wow. I still play D and D. I know. So yeah. my son is starting to play now, and they're right. clearly having a great time. It's well, it's a whole different world for D and D right now. A whole different because, world. Like, like so, Amazon's new series, uh, Tales from the Loop. Yeah, uh, is based on a paper role playing game, like an obscure uh, paper role playing game. That's right. how popular this is. They're just like they're making multi million dollar projects out of this. Like every, all my kids play it, have played it. Yep. Like uh, the, all the popular kids in their high school played it. Like that was the thing to do if you were cool, right. as opposed to when you know we were so, growing up. It's the opposite. So what was your in high school? What was your? He used D and D as a way to get out of a shell to. Kind of take them, you know, socialize and so forth. Was there something that you did like that? That kind of once you got here to the states, like oh, once I got here, yeah, well, that was very difficult because I in I had a year and a half of high school and I went to uh, a prep school called Hackley in Terrytown, New York. Right, that was mm-hmm. we used to play. Against. I know, I know, and that was super preppy. Yep, um, Hackley, Hackley, the Hackley. Do school. you know Bo? No, I'm just kidding. yeah. I went to school. My classmate oh my God, was Bogo's Deirdre there. Wallace. She's the heir to like IBM. You know, Jeepers like, Creepers. Right. So there's like you know. Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> so so those. Hey, those, it pays to be rich. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Did I ever tell you the story? I, I think I've mentioned this story before. There was a there's so many rich people at school. It was ridiculous. It was very John Hughes at, mm-hmm. in the sense of that. Uh, there was this girl. Oh, I know who went there. Uh, Probably what? with you. Who? Eugene Drecky. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, oh the, the, the what the the uh, filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know who went there is all the 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 Reverend Moon's kids. Oh, oh yeah. yes, some young man. <laughs> Were they Re- nice kids? Uh, I no, I didn't really socialize with them. I, I didn't socialize with. You anyone didn't get there. married in Madison Square Garden. I, I really yeah. didn't socialize people? with anyone there. That was the part of the problem. Because you're like, snob. Or what? <laughs> no, because well, it's a long story. I I just didn't. I just couldn't connect with anyone. Right. And it was very tough. I was going through a huge cultural shock situation. Okay, so sure. what was Absolutely. the thing that made you kind of what opened you up? What did I do? Was it a D and D club? Was uh, it a cheerleading? Running. running. Okay. And you got hooked up with the running crew. I got kind of hooked up with the running yeah. crew. They didn't treat me very well. <laughs> really? But the good thing about running it is actually that you wasn't can, running. It was chess club. You but can, they told you to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the thing about running is you can kind of do it alone. You don't really have to do it as a team. Right. right. So all the things I've ever done, my sister remarked on this with me uh, a while ago. She goes, you know, when you were a kid, 
all the sports you really liked doing were sports that you didn't need a team to do. Yeah. yeah right. Like all the things I yeah. loved doing, like fishing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> running. Yep. I, I I did a lot of uh, stalking. I, I, got, I got into if you stalk uh, people, that's a solo. You need a yeah, team that's for mostly that. solo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, are, there are a couple of examples. Of uh, kite flying. So I had like uh, stunt kites. I had a big collection of, of like right. high end stunt kites. Right. right. There you go. Don't need a team for that. You do not. You do not. Almost famously, I got really good at uh, at uh, doing uh, throwing a boomerang. <laughs> Oh, again, this like, yeah, this these like, are the epitome of yeah. things you don't need a, yeah. a team to do with. Yeah, this yeah. Is, that, that's that was it's starting to sound like the Rushmore uh, yeah. uh, clubs. Yes, <laughs> Rushmore beekeeping yes. club. <laughs> I, yeah, I was a little bit like that. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I, I this movie. I mean, I, I mentioned it on the previous podcast. That my sister's reaction to the movie was like, "I don't see what's so special about a movie." Uh, my my sister saw it when she came to the United States, and she, mm. her her reaction was, "I don't know why everyone's getting all like saying this is a great movie. It's a story about a kid who skips school. What's so great about that?" And we all joked about it on the last podcast. Like right. she's pretty much the sister. Yeah, exactly. From from the reaction, <laughs> right. right? Right, absolutely true. Yeah, <laughs> which was also funny because my daughter, when she watched it, she's an older sister, mm-hmm. and. Uh, she said, "I can totally relate." Yeah, no, to her. Well, what's what's wonderful about uh, uh, the older sister in the movie, right, is like you can you totally sympathize with her with yeah. her frustration. But she's and she's a good person. She is. Yeah, like she's uh, like she's uh, like usually that character is drawn as like a cartoon villain who's messing with you. Yeah, and then they, she gets it in the end. And then she gets it in the end. But, but she does. They give the cartoon villain part to Ed Rooney, Ed, and he tackles. <sighs> oh my god, it's just classic. Ed Rooney. That character is such a beautiful caricature of a person. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Well, the things I think that I that's, think that's one of his. Besides Amadeus, yeah, the Deadwood Amadeus uh, and that are like the he's iconic. Really good. Yeah, and uh, uh, oh, and also I want to I want to pull for uh, Ravenous. Have you ever seen Ravenous? I have never seen Ravenous. Which one is he? He's the, the principal. The principal. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, the vice principal or whatever. Right. He's also in um, uh, Beetlejuice. Yes, he that's is right. in yep. Beetlejuice. That's right. That's right. That's right. And uh, Howard the Duck. That is also a fact. <laughs> that is true. Um, but yeah, no. The, the the thing about Ferris Bueller, I think, is like because you, I agree that it is a it is an eighties movie for sure. Yeah. Like for me, it is it is the thing that made the eighties the eighties. Like that is the thing that's sort of like that's the rock at the center of the eighties. That eightiesness sort of pulses out of, uh, and everything aligned to that uh after it came out like uh, i think that ferris bueller there are certain movies that just made such a uh not just a cultural impact but a sort of a high school culture impact you know and one was like um let's say predator <laughs> and one is ferris bueller's day off right and like where it's just like suddenly everybody all the boys in school are just acting like this but isn't there like something sp- because obviously that's you know towards the end of high school when you're at your a uh, Probably should be your most confident. Yeah, right. And that is your the begin like when you are about to start your adult life. Yes, and you're about to make decisions. Your last chance to yeah. be a kid. Right, right. And that's kind of the the message in this thing. It's like yeah. it's my yeah, last yeah. chance to be a kid. And all those characters are slightly different from each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that 
what I think why people liked it is everyone seemed to identify a little bit with someone. Yeah, no, there's like it's a very kind movie. Like it doesn't, it's not cruel to anybody. Like everybody is acceptable at some in some way. Even right. like Charlie Sheen showing up as the as the scumbag. You know, like he's got some good advice. You know, like you everyone, know he had a much bigger role in the movie. Oh, did he? he did. I did not. Yes, oh, he's great. He's perfect. He's a perfect size in that thing. Oh yeah, and, and I think I'm he's great. Really he's glad because great. apparently the original cut was. Mm-hmm. Two hours and 45 minutes. Yep. Don't need that much. I think. Don't uh, need that much. Little, don't need that much. Slimmer is better in yeah. that situation. But like they, they let everybody like as nerdy as they get or whatever it is, like they give everyone their due uh, and like they don't make um, fun of anybody really in the movie. They make, like even the fun they make of the adults is pretty light. Right. Yeah. And they instead of principles, it's like Pratt Falls. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, like, he's just home alone. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's an ass, you know, but he's not like, you know, he's not a villain villain. He's just a just a jerk. And you can see how lonely and weird this guy is at part and uh, and how lonely he is at the end when they they have him on the bus in the end. Right. You know, but the uh, uh, the key, I think the key to that movie is that it instead of having any meanness in its spirit um, to say, like, because meanness is there. Meanness in other movies is there to sort of justify um, the drama of high school. In this, it's like there is no real heavy legitimate drama in high school, mm. but there is an anxiety of graduation and leaving and beginning your life. And yeah. so the serious part of the movie is that. Like they really let that be real in this movie. Like the anxiety. I remember having this anxiety, and uh, and like when they. Like there's this, they're they're going on this big fun trip together and like experimenting with taking control of their lives, but the underlying note that it's hitting is like, you really got to learn to take control of your life, like it's right. it's coming, you know. And like my 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 single favorite scene in that movie is when they go to the museum, oh. and it's just like that's the emotional heart of the movie where you you can see like. They are on the verge of growing up, and they're freaked out by this. And they're appreciating, it. yeah. Like they're they're like they're they're seeing this new world that's coming that they're coming for, you know. Right. And uh, and watching Cameron look at the uh, the at, painting, the the, 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 pointless, painting. Yeah, the Seurat painting is like well, it's such a a classic image in my mind of like I know exactly what he's feeling right there in that moment. The movie captures it incredibly well. He feels it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so seeing that again, though, and being reminded of that, mm-hmm. um, do you find that uh, therapeutic in a way? Like I did. I was really, I was really sort of like uh, elated by it. I was like, because I've seen my uh, my kids go through this period of their lives, and I have one more kid that's going to be going through this uh, area of his life, and it's just like I remember. I I I actually look back at high school very, like I don't think of it as the best. Uh, the best of times and you have to get back to it. But like, it was a good time, you know, and I met a lot of really important people there and like the people who are still friends of mine today are, are people that I'm still with today. And like the, and I think that uh, Ferris Bueller recaptured like, what if high school were, you know, what if we just showed you the goodness of this? Mm. Uh, and it's, uh, and it's incredibly happy to me. I'm like, this is a, it's a serious movie at its heart, but it's uh but it's not a, uh, it's not a depressing one. It really, really, yeah, I was really psyched to see it again. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the 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 happiest time I had in high school was, I guess, you know, my sophomore year was, and when I was still living in in, in Greece, and it was, you know, being with Jan and and Raquel and uh, and my other friends in in Greece, and like we were kind of having a like a crazy time, you right. know. 
We right. did all kinds of fun stuff together. Rode, rode our BMX bikes and went to the quarries and did stupid shit that yep. we do. And yep. and uh, just it was fun, right? Yep. We just did. We were much more adventurous. And then I kind of had to let go of all of that yeah. when I moved back here. And then I went to a prep school where this girl was driving a Rolls Royce. Jeepers. And mm. I was like. And we were like, why what, Why are you driving a Rolls Royce? And he goes, well, I totaled my Mercedes and my dad wouldn't let me drive the Ferrari and I need to go see my shrink. So I have to take the Rolls Royce oh. to go see my shrink. No, that I makes understand. sense though. That makes sense. Yeah. You couldn't yeah. have your driver just drop you off? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Why did it take the liability? You know? Yeah. Because <laughs> like, I don't want the driver spying on me. That's right. Do you talk a lot of your high school friends? Uh, from from Greece? We're just in general, high school friends. I don't have any friends from high school. Not in not in not, not in American United States. That yeah. sounds like a country song. Yeah. I don't have any friends from high school. No, yeah, actually, honestly speaking, most of my friends are are uh, probably the ones. The only ones I really stay in touch with are people from grad school. Right. How about um, you, Eric? But grad you, school people? No, I, no, from your perhaps over there. I don't talk to experience. people. F- I talk to maybe a couple people from grad school. A couple people from. Uh, undergrad, but for me, high school, uh, there's, I think, uh, maybe one person, one right. or two people. I talked to one of them on Friday, but I, I don't talk to a lot of people from high school for specific reasons. I just, I think when I left high school, uh, I, I kind of bear, it was, it was a, the end was difficult for me. Right. Um, I had a roommate, uh, and we lived together a couple of years, but we were very, 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 very close. We're good buddies. And he passed away two weeks before graduation. Oh man. And so, oh, shit. yeah. And, um, May 13th, 1986. How and did he die? He, uh, he was, he was hit by a bus and I think, he, well, he stepped in front of the bus, but so there's, oh. a, there's another whole layer to that, but I don't want to. He was he was hit by a bus, and you know what's really strange? I was at a party in Pittsburgh when I was in uh, in undergrad, and I was in a party, and I was talking to this girl, and there was a guy over by it was at somebody's apartment. It was a nice apartment in 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 uh, Chestnut or whatever. The point is, and this guy was like, "Yeah, I was on a bus," and this guy from school, this prep school, walked in front of our bus. And I, you're like, what? He, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I literally went right. over to him and I grabbed him mm-hmm. by his shirt and jacket and I wouldn't let go. And I always remember the look on the girl's face. Like, and I was like, he was my roommate. No, oh, that's crazy. But that's uh, how, what is a strange thing for that? Yeah. So when I left, I, uh, I went to go live with friends in uh, Martha's Vineyard for three months mm-hmm. and I did construction. Yeah, right. And eight of us lived in a home and – I never talked to anybody since because I just – I think I just buried everything. Sure. And then I remember going to the mainland because I went to go see his mother and they had a place in Marblehead. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And that was their summer thing. And so I went there and I just remember getting there and none – I mean like they – I pulled up and like this brothers and sisters – it was a beautiful home. And they just were there like, why are you here? And I right. just wanted to say something to his mother, which I did. Right. Um, 
And then I left, but it was pretty, it, I was like, fuck everybody. So I just left and I never really talked to anybody since because yeah. I kind of buried it with that and yeah. just got yeah. on with my yeah. life. You know what I mean? And that so for sense. me, yeah. And uh, that's just the way it goes. But man, I think, you know, when you think of high school, I, and I'm like, oh, you talk to people, there's only one person I talked to. And he um, wasn't part of my clique. But he and I became really good friends, and he also we were we went to Eastern Europe together in '90. I sent you that photo. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I just saw it. Yep. Like yeah. how crazy yeah, with my long little hair. Eric. Yeah. <laughs> Do I look stark. younger? Like yep. so yeah, much. Yeah, you look like a little kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like with the long hair. Right, 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 right. That was yeah. in Hyde Park with James. That's funny. Hyde that's Park. Nice. Right. And it was just we would get champagne and hang out in the park and drink. That's oh, great. it was so like awesome. That's James amazing. is a wonderful guy. And um yeah, his partner just passed away and he sent me that. He's all sad. Yeah. And um I d I don't know how old his partner was. He was he seemed older. I mean, but James is older and he's from the South and um Love him dearly. We had fun times, man. And um, man, that's like a whole screenplay. Like hanging out with him, like was it was hilarious. Because yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so the point is, uh, yeah, I just kind of you know you you kind of push it away. But I think in the end, if you don't confront things and make an effort, it does come back to haunt you. Sure. And I think now that I'm fifty two, I I feel like things like that are are uh, coming back to haunt me. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like I didn't really address it. I just said, fuck it, man. And I left. Right. And didn't talk to anybody and haven't seen it. And it's just been sitting in there. Sitting in there. And I think – do you know what I mean? So it's like it's definitely – I don't know how you would address it. But for me – and you were talking about like D&D. Like that was your thing to get. I was – Music. I'm sure it was music. I was in a band, man. And I remember I auditioned for the band, uh, Bill Traff, and I basically did – uh, Jumping Jack Flash. He's all right, you're in, your rhythm. And so we used to, it was a boiler room in this building that was like 200 years old, like with oh, just like those lights classic, that's swinging yeah, right. and awesome. it had great sound and I had a big tw- twin, uh, to twin amp, 12-inch speaker amp, Celestians, and I had my Strat and we would just sit down there for hours and just play right. most of uh, 77, Talking Heads 77. Oh, that's the greatest fucking album. I love that I album. know. Yeah. And I would, uh, and I did, um, more songs I would about do a couple, food. Yeah, and I would do a couple, uh, and we had two drummers, but it was awesome. And that was like bonding, and yeah. that was cool because we'd sit down there and just drink sodas and order pizza and play. Yeah, and amazing. that was cool, but it was dark and dingy, and in the winter it was a little chilly or it was super hot because of the, the boiler room. Right. But man, it was cool. That was the bond. That's the thing where you're like, oh, okay, it's like a D&D thing. Oh, sure. I mean, you totally bond with people. You've been living the artist's life for for your whole life then like basically since that band you, you've been like you have been the artist like you made a choice and that's that's what you followed really you think that's, that's the that's the that's the because I mean after that it's all New York stories and New York art stories right like, that's basically how it rolls yeah it's pretty amazing that's pretty great yeah and maybe it was you know because I've been uh, uh, writing uh, more episodes for this project second, you work on yeah, yeah the second meeting and uh-huh. it was basically it's like yeah, it, it, that's made me say, oh, I want to be an artist. Yeah, that's amazing. That's incredible. And so it's kind of uh, – that's what it – I think what they've been asking me is to infuse more of that feeling I had mm. that made me do it. And so you open up a floodgate, but then you're like, just don't hold back and just do it. Well, yep. that's exactly 
this movie was that thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because uh, a lot of the characters that are in this movie are based on John Hughes. Oh, that makes friends. sense. Sure. I wish I had a high school like that. So, you know, I wish I had an experience like that. Okay. I really do. So it's the same high school they used I'd in, be a different in person, Breakfast though. Club. Uh, yeah, right. It's the same high school they use in a lot of movies. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting to compare this and Breakfast Club, also John Hughes. Yes, right. Because Breakfast that's Club the is same the same high school as Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah it's bizarre. Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he was a big Chicago it's guy. Big Chicago guy. Chicago. And he died ten years ago. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I guess yeah, something so. like that. Young, youngish. Yeah, I mean, he's like. I mean, he was certainly he was middle aged. But he, he also gave up filmmaking, right? Yeah, more or less. He had, he had produced. He more kept producing. or less, I guess. I don't. It's a very interesting – like I actually just – I was reading a lot of trivia about it because I was like, I just want to know like a little bit more. Yeah, what created this movie? And there's a lot of like his – you know, there's a the, – the whole thing about uh, uh, his house is like a museum. Mm-hmm. You can't touch anything. You remember that scene yep. when he was talking in the bathroom about that? Right. That's actually a line that was supposed to be used in Breakfast Club. Oh, Molly Ringwald talks about her own house. So he, he basically like pulled – from a palette of his childhood and what he remembered and split and it friends, up. And he had all – there's a lot of – And friends. Like Ferris Bueller's – show. I was like, Ferris, 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 no, 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 no. Ferris Jolly. Bueller is based on one of his friends who also has the last name Bueller. Right, right, right. And right. so there's like there's all these things. And then Cameron is based on part of maybe his own life. Sure. I don't know. You know like, all, there's it, a lot it, of – Cameron feels like a surrogate for the writer. Yes. I think. Yeah, because I mean, like Cameron feels the struggle like, character like, as as far as the characters in the movie go. Like I think that Cameron is closer to being a main character than Ferris is. Because Fa- I think so. Cameron is really the one who goes through the. He's he's more of an observer, but he's right. going through the change. But only an observer required. could. So only a, sorry, only observer could write that. Yeah, exactly. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like a, it's like Biloxi blues. It's like the, that kind of stuff where you're just like. Yeah, the it's thing like that's, this person is observing something. The thing that's interesting, and I, I, there's a co- several points I want to make. The thing that's interesting about it, this is one of the first movies where breaking the fourth wall was a big part of the movie. Yeah, it really defined it. Yeah. I mean, not, didn't, people had done it before, obviously, but like this is like in the first few minutes when 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 he looks right at the camera, like it's like, like got, we got away with it or whatever. It's like, I, yeah, I and, and there's a, like a pinnacle decision you have to make, and yeah. he turns to the camera and like, here's the reason why I'm going to make this decision. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't you? And then boom. And then you're you're invested. Like it's so brilliant. Like yep. if you had access to such a fine automobile, would you take it right back to the house? No. Yeah. And, and then you're like – then that moment becomes so much better yeah. for – because that line was said, which yeah. is – which you should never do, but he does it anyway. I love the – like when he drives the uh, car off screen for the first time. Like he's basically saying to Cameron, like we're doing this, right? Right. The uh, empty smile he gives is one of my favorite Matthew Broderick looks, where he just sort of like does when this, he leaves the high school. No, when he um when he when he first rolls the car and he's like, we're going to take this car and we're going to go. All right. And like he's in the car, he's like, and he starts rolling forward, and the smile says, "I can't stop it. It's already started." You know, and like it's so smug and ridiculous. You're like, I fucking love this dude. There are so many. There are so many things that are. Uh, temporally do not make sense in this movie. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they have like this adventure that's impossible. It's an impossible yeah. adventure, yeah. right? Yeah. It's total fantasy. Which I absolutely love it because yeah. it's complete fantasy. Yeah. 
Yeah, complete fantasy and you completely buy into it because you are just there like imagine if you had a day like that oh yeah imagine it's certainly the way you remember days like this you know right. like everyone's everyone's had their magic day and it's like one thirtieth of what they do in this movie but it right. feels like this movie it feels right. like you've accomplished all these amazing but even things. going and looking down on Chicago from the glass that's just an, a wonderful um, kind of moment and it doesn't have to be a big moment right. in order to share i thought of one car why when i saw that oh totally dude totally yeah, yeah like a very very simple like that the, i have to just for a second say this movie is shot by uh tak fujimoto and it is huh. so fucking well shot oh it is it is shot. glorious he also shot silence of the lamps for instance okay and this guy like it shows um uh the importance of great photography to comedy Oh like, my God. like nobody's business. Like it's just like the frames are wide and beautifully staged and they just let the jokes happen. So it's funny you said that because I, I mean, I didn't look at the cinematography very closely oh, until come this on, last Chris. watching. Right. Right. right? right. God, I did. God damn it. So, because I saw it very young and sure, I, I, when I wasn't you. paying attention and to it. And most of the times that we've and seen so it, then like after that, it became just like, bah, bah, right. bah, 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 bah. Right. and then I'm like, no, I'm going to watch it. And it was interesting because I watched it and then there was a scene, which we all, I love. And then Karen called it out while we were watching because like, I love this shot. And I was like, yes, it's a scene where Cameron is debating whether he should go to uh, Ferris's house. Right. And he's sitting in a car yelling. It's like, oh, he's in the wide calling. shot of the car when he's screaming. Is this the one? It's so, incredible. So, so the wide shot of him screaming is uh -huh. good. Yeah. That's not the shot she's talking about. Uh -huh. The shot she's talking about is in the car, mm -hmm. focus on the car seat. Yep. You can see out the back window and he's left. Yeah, and, and then he, he comes off. he yeah. comes back in out of focus. Yeah, amazing. Like he's going to go back into the car, yeah. but then has a tamper tantrum. Yeah. Hops out, up and down outside. Out of focus. Yes, brilliant, 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 brilliant. comedy. Yeah, like the the, the like the if you know, the that choice that choice of like to see someone out of focus in the background. Like the main joke is out of focus yeah. in the and background. That's what makes it a hundred times funnier. Hundred times funnier. So good because like, and the thing is, like, this movie is so finely polished and so tightly put together. Yeah. Um, that it gives you plenty, just room to experiment, and it's the most like artsy movie he ever made. Like it is, like it is such a. Yeah, he did Home Alone, right? Yeah, he does stuff like I mean, like yeah, all yeah. this other stuff that he does is good. It's good movie. They're good movies. They're, but this they're, one is so it's like, very crafted. Good. You're it's right that it's the best. Mm -hmm. But I want like some reason like, and I haven't seen this movie probably in like 15 years. But I think there's a some weird and interesting things going on in Uncle Buck. Oh yeah, that's a good. I movie think too. it's underrated. Yeah, that's a good movie because there's some very John Candy. John Candy. John Candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this and like, Uncle Buck, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And, Love yeah, Planes, Trains. Awesome. Yeah, but Uncle Buck, there's there's some because it's very John Hughes again, mm -hmm. um, and I think there's something because there's dark sides to that very right. much so as yep. well. Yeah, his whole backstory, his whole backstory, right. the mother yeah. daughter relationship, all yeah, of that it's stuff. It's great. Was Klaus Kinski originally supposed to be the headmaster of the school? I just made that up. <laughs> was Klaus Kinski originally going to be Uncle Buck? That would have been. <laughs> Who is Klaus best. Kinski? Klaus Kinski is famous for working with Werner Herzog. Yeah, and so he's the crazy person that Werner Herzog uh, and like, his daughter uh, uh, Natasha Kinski. 
Yes, from cat oh, people. Oh, Natasha Kinski, yep. right. And Tess. From cat people. Uh, yep. And, uh, but uh, uh, Klaus Kinski is, if you ever see the uh, Werner Herzog's documentary. You can see YouTube. He goes oh, press conferences and he just bananas. gets upset because somebody has a dumb question. And he'll sit there and bang the table. Like, ah! just, yeah, like, like literally insanity. Insane. He was an insane person. You well, see, he got see, insane uh, to the end. Yeah, yeah see, um, um, uh, what's it called? My Best Fiend. Uh, he's, also in, and, and <laughs> he's also in um, Fitzcarraldo. Fitzcarraldo, yeah, he's marvelous in Fitzcarraldo. Oh, and, and, right. uh, and the Gure Wrath of God is but, amazing. Oh, my yeah, God. Right, yeah. Incredible. Right. So, uh, so that for, for a little, uh, they, no, I know most people don't expect us to talk about a Gure Wrath of God while we're talking about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But I've, this is what Martin is Martin Giant, Giant is all about. <laughs> right? I pulled an it's ADD moment there. That is beautiful. Right. I love it. Um, but uh, but yes, uh, Herzog's uh, Uncle Buck uh, with um, with Klaus Kinski is one of the great, great. monuments of cinema. Uh, well, anyway, this is a – there's a lot of great things about this movie. And I think it's really good for people to see that and to see it re- in a refreshing way. Um, and it is ultimately about breaking the rules. Yeah, right. Hmm. Right? Right. Which is also interesting. So something else I found out about this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Stein obviously is in this movie famously. Yep. Yep. Uh, ben Stein sort of through six degrees of separation ended up connecting with uh, uh, John Hughes mm-hmm. to be part of the movie. Right. Right. Ben Stein, famous Republican. Yep. So is John Hughes. Oh, I didn't know that. I know that. Interesting. Yeah. So John Hughes is – and, and Ben Stein was made a comment. like we're like the only two Republicans in all of Hollywood. Right. Right, right, right. Right? So Ben Stein loves this movie. Uh-huh. He said it's one of the great – it's like uh, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is to comedy uh, as uh, Gone with the Wind is to epic filmmaking. Right. Like, like he thinks it's a very important movie. I agree. And I, I agree with Ben Stein on yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, but there – they – they, if you really think about it, look at all of uh, John Hughes' films, you can sort of see a little bit of that specifically Reagan economic – like Sure. They even talk about trickle-down economics and voodoo okay. economics. In voodoo the, economics. Okay. Yeah. So actually, go to that scene. Uh-huh. So that with scene – With Ben Stein. So it's like, uh, anyone? Anyone? Voodoo? Something? Voodoo? V-O-O-D-O-O economics? Voodoo economics? Okay. So that whole talk – Mm-hmm. was actually not in the script. What that actually is, is Ben Stein giving his actual economics class. <laughs> That's amazing. That he gave, gives in college. That's so he amazing. gets, because he teaches economics right. in college, right? right? So he's actually giving his economics class and making it extra boring. Yeah. For that. And so it, the Holly Smoot tariff. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like, it's like the laugher curve. Yes. The la- yeah. Right. yeah. I just – I ran into him. You meant – yeah. At, and like he's, at, at he Ted's uh, mailbox. Ted. Oh, no kidding. That's yeah, funny. he lives in the same building as Ted in Hollywood. I mean I would say that Ferris Bueller – I mean like he had a job before that. He was uh, part of – like he was uh, 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 Reagan's cabinet or something no. like that. He was on uh, Nixon. Nixon, that's right. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Um, but yeah, yeah. He's, so he had pl- he had plenty of money. He was doing perfectly well. But like he, he he's very def- funny. Yeah, and he he's became very funny. defined by Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like that became his character. That well, he, basically he became played. he never never thought about being part of Hollywood until then. Right. So he uh, there's a big whole backstory about how that ended up happening because it was someone. And now he lives Nixon. on Sunset Boulevard. That's right. the craziest thing. So something on Nixon, et cetera, et cetera, and then he sort of became part of the. Film business because of that, but if you really look at that scene before you even know who Ben Stein is, you can see 
Like this guy doesn't know how to act. Oh no. yeah, no, he's, he's a, basically he's a total like character unto himself. Dry, right. yeah. the driest professor possible, yeah. and all he's doing is like, I'm just gonna just do my do my, my freaking right. economics class, yeah. and that's fine. Uh, and he doesn't even like even the 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 was it the English teacher or the literature teacher? Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Who's also pretty good. But he's an actor you've seen before. He's that's an actor you've yeah, seen yeah. before. But Ben Stein yeah. is not right. Now, Ben Stein owns that because, like the the other guy, um, I forgot what I saw him in, but he's very good. The English Schnitzer guy, and yeah. the shtick is fun. Yes. But Ben Stein wins the scene so hard that you, the other guy, you're just like, okay, I get the gag, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Bueller. Bueller. And Bueller. I have to tell you, like, the, just as an example of like, like that scene itself, I forgot that that's fairly lengthy when he goes over the Holly Smoot tariff. Oh, it's very debt, long, and it's mostly him talking over shots of students, students and yeah. school. Yes. And like the, he does, uh, Hughes does this a couple of times. He does it. And, uh, and it's one of the best because like he, when he introduces Rooney, um, you hear Rooney's voice for like a minute and a half before Rooney shows up. Like he is giving this long monologue and it's just shots of all this other stuff that finally leads up to his desk. Right. And like, this is the kind of thing He's that you do not see. Flicking that fly oh, off his desk. It's great. And like, the, 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 it's just, there's so many subtleties to this that I'm like, oh, it's brilliant. It's so, yeah. Like this movie, like, uh, this, it, the way that comedy films work today, like you wouldn't do. By any the way, of this we, are, we are, we are not going to give you a synopsis of this film because we're assuming you've seen it. Yeah, there, like there's, there's literally one person in America who has not seen it up until now. His name is Eric. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's about a kid named Ferris Bueller. And he takes day off. From so, but, 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 uh, I would highly recommend you refresh yourself and oh, see man. this movie again. I think it's, a it's real, on Netflix. Do what you can to try to, uh, do what you can to try to separate yourself enough from it. So you can observe what a piece of art this is. This is, uh, yeah. See it, see it as a new movie if you can, yeah. as opposed to a Saturday matinee while you're yeah. doing the dishes, which that, is what I've been doing for years. Yeah, exactly. Cause everyone's been watching this thing on TBS in the crop format for you know, the past 30 years. <laughs> right. And, uh, and to see it widescreen uh, and really look at it, mm-hmm. like you can see like the finesse in this movie is insane. And the, uh, and the cinematography is amazing. Yeah. It's just, it's stunning how well put together this thing is. And the edits are incredible. When you burn out the window shot, when they're looking, they're pressing their heads up against the window, looking down the side of the tower. Right. Like it's shot up at them. And, uh, uh, in this, and all you can see is their face pressed against the glass with the reflection of their face and the sky. And it doesn't do, he doesn't do any coverage of this at all. He just cuts between three exactly identical shots of these kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. From so the same it, angle. From the same angle. So it Which pops is straight cuts. up 90, 90, 90. And, and like, so it does these jump cuts between them, which becomes a really meaningful thing to say. Yes. Like, like it, it, it each it, one is having their own experience. Exactly. And, and, and it is a, and it's, it's unifying and separating them simultaneously. I love it. Like it's the kind of show that you do in like, indie art cinema yep not in uh you know uh fucking giant hit comedy 80s movie yeah and it's uh it's really really i was stunned like how can we say something about the music oh yeah of course yeah eric yes what were your thoughts about the music because i was really curious about what you thought about the music um very 80s obviously yeah there was i thought one of those songs was x yeah i think so yeah when they uh which was there was some good stuff in there i really did like it uh, it's that oh no, 
right? Oh, that's a that was yellow. the first time that the first that was the first time that 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 song got played. Right, like it became popular because of that movie. Boom, boom, boom. That one, right? Yeah. I told By you yellow. I went to that guy's house. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. right. You did tell the story good, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. so so the that people, people can hear it for this oh, podcast. I, uh, I worked in a, a like early two thousands. I was doing a theater thing. This is the song. Like Barry, yeah, the same type of thing as Barry. I think Barry was taken from somebody, Uh, and so I did like for three years. So I would do little stage stuff and learn how to audition and stuff. And I did that after working visual effects at night. And I basically somebody at the theater's friend is the guy that did Odo, and so it's right on. um, If you go to Los Feliz and you take a right, there's a gated community, Mm -hmm. and the house was. Uh, Valentino's house. Oh yeah, that's up by um, the Frank Lloyd Wright uh, Egyptian house, right? Uh, Not Barnesville Park, but the north up in the hills. I don't know. This was over by Los Feliz, mm-hmm. going towards the Greek, and you take a right, and there's white oh, gates. Take, okay, right, right. And then gotcha. one of the right. big studio heads, Warner or somebody like yeah. not Warner, but one of those has house was there. Selznick, something. Yeah, and that, that's where the house be. was beautiful. Sure, sure. Still had the ghost. Had mm-hmm. a ghost. Nice. Um, but he made all his money off of that. No, 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 that's that's the place to make. That's a gorgeous area right there. It's beautiful. It was magical, dude. Yeah. I was like, what? If you go to the if and the you ghost go too across the street and up the hill, you'll find uh, uh, the the Frank Lloyd Wright house where they shot Deckard's apartment. Yeah, that's the Innis uh, house. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The uh, Holly oh. Innis Holly or in- Innis, Innis? Yeah, that's it. The Innis house, right? Which, uh, which shares- and Burkle owns Wait. that now, right? Hold on. This is in Los I Feliz. I lost track. Los Feliz. Yes. Uh, there's a Frank Lloyd Wright house up uh, across Franklin. Yes. I think it's Franklin. Or, yeah, is it Franklin? Yeah, anyway, it's, uh, and it's up in the hills. Uh-huh. And uh, that's where they shot uh, Blade Decker, Deckard's apartment for Blade Runner. The Innis Holly house. Yeah. And it's also Deckard's the, apartment. Deckard's yes. apartment. Yes. Innis Holly. Not, in, uh, not, 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 the, not the, uh, the, the other apartment. No, no, no. Okay, yeah. yeah. Deckard, De- so it has like the little Egyptian curly cues. Yeah. yeah. You see the same thing in the, um, on the top of yeah, Barnes. And Park. I think Ron Burkle thing. owns that right. now. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, no, that, that area is, is pretty incredible. It's pretty beautiful up there. Uh, yes. I love, I love Los Feliz. What a lovely little town that is. It's a lovely little town. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so basically you were t- – uh, The music. The music yeah. was, I thought, really good. I really liked the music. So he was trying to specifically try to find things that would be uh, – epitomize the era but yeah. be obscure. Yeah, the choices are really out there. Like, yeah. There's nothing – it's not like you're getting needle drops of like Susie and the Banshees. Like, no. It's like really but, out there stuff. But it's beautiful. Yeah, it's very uh, good. And so, so like I, I still like – the scene specifically where they they peel off in the in the Ferrari from the high school, right. and they're playing Big City, yeah, yeah, yep. right, right, Big and City, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, like that 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 is like exciting. Like yeah, suddenly, like you're on the adventure, and it feels yeah. like you're about to go into a time warp yeah. excitement. Like, like all that's baked into that movie. Like yes. it's just like it's so much a part of that movie that it doesn't even feel like the '80s to me anymore. No. That, that music is just that's Ferris Bueller's music. But then you get to the to the specific stuff uh, of uh, the, the soundtrack, mm-hmm. and um, the one that I remember, and Brady was cracking up when he saw this was when uh, uh, um, what's his name, uh, the principal uh, Rooney, Ed Rooney, Ed Rooney. He shows up and he puts on the sunglasses. Oh, God. Yeah. So good. So and it's good. like, 
bam, and then he flips them up, and bam, and a bam, <laughs> and then he perfect. flips them back down, bam, and like like that, you know, you have to compose that yeah. those Classic. those beats yeah. to work with that thing that make it so much funnier. Yeah. So and, and it's like. You combine that with the the jumping outside of the car and mm-hmm. the music, like they the editing is is really oh, it's really incredible. freaking tight. Yeah, and because I mean it's a it's a brisk movie, mm-hmm. but they they uh, they cut it, they sort of shape it so well that they have all the time in the world to do the scenes they want to do. Yes, like there's not like not a lot happens in the movie really. Like it's very you know it's just sort of like a little grouping of fun things. That's right. what it is. Yeah, um, but it's like they split the narrative up into. The Rooney is chasing them. Ferris is having a good time with everybody, and Ferris's sisters. Uh, and so, like, those on are the, the chase. So on the chase, and those are basically the three threads. Right. And so, the, uh, the uh, between Rooney and the sister, they're adding. You know, they're coming from either side of Ferris and adding right. pressure to uh, uh, Ferris's storyline, Cameron's storyline. Right. And then the thread of the movie is uh, Cameron's going to get caught. Like, Cameron's the only one who cares if they get caught. Ferris, Ferris Bueller's like, I don't give a shit. I mean, I'd like not to repeat another year, um, but he's not nearly as scared as, uh, yeah. as Cameron is. Obvi- or he wouldn't get on a float. Yeah, exactly. So, like, the, the, the brilliance of the movie is that it allows – because it adds those two other storylines that ultimately solve each other because they run it. And then right. Mia Sarah's storyline and, and Ed Rooney's storyline run into each uh, – rather, um, I'm sorry, the sister's storyline and Ed Rooney's storyline solve themselves, right? Um, uh, it allows uh, uh, Ferris Bueller and crew – to just be in scenes and the fact that they are having a good time is more and more tense because they're running, you're aware that they're running out of time. And so the movie has a driving sensation without having to put pressure on them. Cameron Cameron is the one who's concerned. Yeah, exactly. And Cameron is doing a beautiful job. He's like, no, 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 I can't do this. I can't do this. It's just, yeah, it's great. And I love, you know, like he, he, Cameron is an amazing character through yep. this whole it's thing. Perfect. Uh, he's an amazing character. Um, and that guy's been around forever. He's in oh, tons of TV. You see him all the time. Right. He's, he's still quite – So apparently uh, Emilio Estevez was supposed to play that character. Really? Oh, right. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, they chose him. And apparently he, he – when he runs into Emilio Estevez, every time he goes, thank you so much for turning it down. <laughs> That's amazing. So uh, – but yeah, it was, it was really interesting to, to hear that. I, just really quick, I want to just point out how good the um, the editing is in this. Mm-hmm. So and creative it is. So apparently, like you remember the scene when uh, uh, the 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 sister and Ed Rooney run into each other in the bathroom or right. in the kitchen. Yep, and she kicks him in the face. Yeah, three times. Like whack, whack, yeah. whack. <laughs> so originally it was one time, uh-huh. and then they re-edited it to be three kicks. It's so fucking funny because oh that it's is gold. awesome. Pure gold. And That's you good. can imagine my sister, mm-hmm. uh, my sister, my daughter, uh, who who's a high kicker, who is who is a karate like freak, yeah. and also relates to this character, uh, right? Uh, Totally saw that and just like yes, no, yeah, like just so like satisfying. kick that fucker in the face yeah. three times, like did they love the movie and related to it, or there were there gaps for them? Uh, I, well, there's plenty of gaps. They're too young to relate to it, uh, but they they yeah, it's, it's not their experience, it's not their experience, <laughs> but they totally but got gaps it. like music, culture. Oh, totally. 
There's like, toll gaps. Yeah. You know, what's a street parade? <laughs> People, yeah, what's I mean, the Beatles? To, right. yeah, to them, that's like what, us watching, let's see, God, what, like something from the 1950s. 50s, yeah. Right. Like, uh, easy. You know, like, but it's like, I watched movies from the 50s when oh, I yeah, was a absolutely. kid, yeah. and I loved them. Yeah, yeah, but the one with Lee Marvin and Marlon Brando, um, uh, which was Re- not Rebel Without a Cause, the other um, – The Wild One. Wild, the wild One. Yeah. Yeah. That – you know, there was a menace about it in the fifties. Oh, like, great. oh my god! But yeah. for us, it was like, okay, they're menacing. Huh. Yeah, I mean, like we're, we don't know that it wasn't we, warriors. Yeah, exactly. We, yeah, exactly. The so Brady's no, biggest concern reality. was about Ferris Bueller getting busted. <laughs> right. That was right. his whole concern right, about right, it. Right, right. Lily's thing was like relating to the sister and being right. upset about it, but at the same time, she's cheering for Ferris. Of course, right. Yeah. So, so that was the interesting thing. But they all appreciated the comedy of it and the, the yeah, thing that was hysterical. going on. You know, it's also interesting. Like you were just talking about the museum scene, right? Mm-hmm. The museum scene is really about – like it, you nailed it when you said it's about uh, an awakening yeah, exactly. of adulthood, yeah. right? Yeah. And seeing that thing. And the, specifically the scene where he's staring at the painting the Saran, is yeah. incredible. Yeah. So my kids didn't get it. And I didn't correct them. I didn't try to explain it. They didn't get it. They thought it was really funny Uh that the camera kept getting closer and closer to see the dots and see the canvas. They're like, it's really hilarious. Look how close the camera's getting. I remember that being funny when I saw it. But I was like, but I don't find it funny anymore. No, it's not funny. It's actually like meaningful. Yeah. Now I think of it as super poignant. When I first saw it, like, you know, their age or so. You know, like I thought it was, I thought it was hysterical. Like here's right. Cameron's like spacing out to this goofy painting. Right. But now when I watch it, I'm just like, that is, that is Cameron like terrified of the rest of his life. <laughs> like well, the, the atomization this, of everything. Relating to this child. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Little, the, little, the little kid holding uh, its, uh, maybe its parents hand, whatever right. it is. This beautiful, like closer, closer and closer and closer. Yeah. Like it, it produces, it shows both beauty and anxiety simultaneously. Oh, it's just beautiful. incredible. And the music in that section is incredible too. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think the that, music actually, there's, Poignant parts about the music in that section as well, which was very much like a John Hughes selection. Like he yeah. sele- hand selected all the music for all this that. Stuff. That music cool. reminds me of another John Hughes film called "She's Having a Baby." Oh my uh, God! Yes, and which is what uh, the movie that introduced me to the music of Kate Bush, uh, who I also love, and uh, and it has that sort of like it has a little bit of that Kate Bush flavor in that moment in a very, very poignant way to me. Every time I was just like, really gets me every Did time I see it. Did you ever like, do you like her album, Kick Inside? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. Love yeah. that album. That you know she, how young she was. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, she put out, what, her first album was Lionheart, right? And that she put out when she was like 16. I think a Kick Inside. Kick was Inside first? is the first one? I, let's, yeah, maybe, maybe I mix them I up, think, but yeah, she was like very young. Very, she, very young. I think they had a weight. Uh, Dave Gilmore dis- uh, discovered her. Oh, she, she's a, so he was in. Pick, he was a guitarist, yeah. and he is the guitarist for Pink John, Floyd. Yeah. John Hughes. I mean, he he made a lot of careers in oh, music. Without doubt. Yeah, you yeah. know, like Pretty in Pink, right? Mm-hmm. The Psycho- whole album. Psychedelic Furs would yep. not be as big as they were if it Pretty wasn't for Pink. Pink. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. I mean, like, like that album. Well, also um, Simple Minds. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, really got a huge kick off Breakfast of, Club. Yeah, Breakfast yeah. Club. Yeah, yeah. Like those. Like the the soundtracks. Like the the soundtracks to well, Pretty those in movies. Pink song came out earlier too. Yeah, the Pretty yeah, in Pink like, song big by the Furs. Yeah, yeah. I think was eighty three, eighty four. But it, but it got it but, super huge. But when, it came. They redid it. Yeah. Oh, so the okay. 
All right. But yeah, it's like I the, think so. I think so. Yeah, think, it, but all that stuff. Because that was like, on their first or second album. Yeah, I had, ta- I had all these tapes. I had all these tapes. And, and so, so for, okay, so here's a weird story. Mm-hmm. Back to the DD days. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a guy who uh, we were uh, with at DD who was in a band. Mm-hmm. And uh, his band, it was a good band. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were going to. I'm going to say this is around 2002. They opened for the Furs. They opened for the Furs. Yeah, in, I remember in that guy. Ventura. Yeah, oh, he had insane. the he had the skateboard. Yeah, I used to talk to him in the parking lot about music. Yeah, yeah. So they were opening for the Furs. So we went to go see them in Ventura. How was it? It was good. Yeah. They were really good. Sure. They were really good, and they had a uh, well, the opening band, like which was. Uh, He's a he's a big uh, virtual production guy. He like worked on Avatar and stuff and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, now the I'm, guy I'm, that yeah, I'm blanking on his name because whatever. But I, he was he's a really cool guy. And they had a their 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 main attraction for the opening band was they had a very interesting singer, uh, a female singer who also played violin. Right. And uh, she was fascinating and really good. Right. And then the furs opened, which was great. And mm-hmm. then I remember specifically, we all went to like the bar next door after the concert. Mm-hmm. And then the furs showed up at the bar too, which was really oh, that's cool. crazy. That's yeah. incredible. Jeez. I love it. I love it when that happens because you're yeah. in Ventura. What else are you going to fucking do? Sure, you know? that's amazing. That's amazing. yeah. Right. I remember. I like. I remember specifically. Karen and I uh, went. Uh, we were in Houston. And we went to go see uh, Kids in the Hall play <laughs> at uh, like they did at some 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 theater show right. in Houston, and it was amazing. It was right. great. And then we all went to like it was right next door to a bar that we used to love to go to in Houston, which is by the way the same bar that I proposed to my wife. Oh, very nice. Uh, and we all hanging out there, and then we were talking about how amazing the show was, and then the the Kids in the Hall showed up at the bar. That's, that's cool. incredible. Dude. Yeah. Okay, can we do a little What else are you going to do? Yeah, hey man. This is the best bar like that's right next door. God, Let's go on. there. I I which uh, was called Warren's by the way, in case you guys are in Houston fans, uh, it was it's my brother's Warren's. name. <laughs> uh, I I have to I have to insist we do a little sidebar for just one second. We always do sidebars. Um but uh uh because of the uh uh the uh, kids in the hall uh reference that yep. you had just made. Uh let's see. I just want to bring this up. Uh, tweets and replies. I, we got, I, I got into a tweet back and forth. Where are we? Um, with, uh, uh, with Alex, uh, follower. Uh, and, uh, he suggested to us, uh, to see a movie, um, uh, with Dave Foley in it. I had never heard of. I watched. Oh uh, wait a minute! Tell me what it is. Uh, you told me to watch it. it. I, I had it. never ever heard of this movie. Wrong guy. The it wrong is the guy. Wrong. I've seen guy. it many times. And he's oh like, my god! So okay, there you go. You told me to see it last week, and I watched. That's, it. Yes, that's the film you've never seen. This movie. I've seen it. We have to discuss that movie. Have you seen it now? I've I have seen it. Oh my god! That's of the so re- funny. Recommendation from Alex, and it was. Uh, it's hilarious. It is because he said you uh, screamed like a woman. Oh oh my god, dude! It is. <laughs> That I don't want to. If we're going to talk about it, I don't want to. Like, I, I think we should uh, hold off until we actually do a show about okay. it. Okay, all right. It is only available on YouTube. Uh, 
Uh, everyone really? look up the wrong guy with Dave Foley. Is it YouTube like free? It is yeah. YouTube free. You cannot get it anywhere else. It doesn't oh my exist God. Karen and I have seen that. We were it. laughing our asses off because like, it's so stupid. It's so dumb and so amazing. It's so hilarious. Uh, it's, uh, it's really, really I hard have, to yeah, beat. I've actually seen that movie many times. Karen and I talk about it like just cracking up. You guys have the same taste in movies. Yeah, the uh, like this, this you thing. You and Karen. Karen and I? Yeah. That's why we love each other. That it's, it, there's a lot of cross. It's your perfect Venn diagram. Like you're just it, you're just a single circle. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But yeah, this this movie. Like I, I have to there say, there are certain films. Like so, like I, I've like I've been watching like until the end of the world, and she's like, I can't fucking stand that movie. She can't <laughs> I love do that it. Movie. Oh yeah, I know. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it too. Yeah, but, uh, but so there are certain films. Like I think that, that you that's can't, like you can't you can't, you can't be married it. unless you both find the wrong guy funny. I think that that's that that must be a law someplace. Yeah, because like the opening like. I I showed it to Anne. I was just like, I just want to show it to Anne and Sam. And I was just like, it starts just, off really bad, but you really well, it starts it. like it starts. It doesn't start bad if you know the rest of the movie. Yes. it makes sense. Of but course, you, you that's think, exactly the point. Like you, you think that it's a like a fun '80s style movie, but actually, it starts off very weird from the get go, and yeah. you're like, oh, this is just bad. It's a little brain candy, right? It's a little brain candy ish, right? And <laughs> but once it gets into the moment when he has, uh, like. He's on the run. Uh, he is when he's found the dead body, and he starts screaming at every single thing that he sees. Like I was just like, "This is surreal." That I don't know. And this then movie. what's the, the the heroine in it? What's her name? Oh, I can't remember. Shoot, Tilly. Uh, yes, Meg Tilly. Gen- Meg Tilly. Meg Tilly. Tilly. Is Jennifer Tilly. Meg Tilly. Meg Tilly. Yeah. Anyway, she's great. Man, so funny. It's un- unbelievable. Oh no, no, no! It's not. It's not you. It's me and my uh, terrible uh, aversion to filthy towels. <laughs> Please, we are going to do an episode on this in some way. Watch the wrong guy on YouTube before they take it down. It, it is an unbelievable. And thank you, Alex. That was a tremendous recommendation. We'll do that. Yeah. I think that's going to be. Uh, uh, so we'll do. I'm actually going to put a. Uh, I'm actually put it in the schedule. Yep. Our next film will be uh, uh, Clockwork Orange, and then we'll do the wrong guy. The wrong guy. Hey, here's and a question: What is the next film we're going to, supposed to show? Show? Well, uh, Wednesday. That, that comes out this Wednesday. This comes out this Wednesday? No, there's nothing. There is one coming out this Wednesday. Yeah. What? Uh, this makes no uh, shampoo. sense. Shampoo. Oh, that's that's shampoo. Okay. No, tomorrow night. Tomorrow shampoo. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we did that weeks ago. No, I mean, this is not going to make sense to any of our listeners because like it's going to be so out of schedule. Like, okay. Yeah, but like the we sh- have time. It, it, they do, will have already do, heard do you shampoo. Want, do you want to get? Uh, if you want to make it an extra day, it's fine. No, it's fine. Take your time. I have like three more images to do. I Sri Lanka is waiting on this. I'm just saying. I'll, just I'll, make, it, I'll make it happen. All right. Okay. It, listen, if it's a day late, it's not terrible. I don't By want the to put way, any pressure on yeah. you. The, You've got work to do, my friend. I want to, you know. Hold on a second. I'm going to make money off you some, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has. Like we're going to make as much money off this podcast. That's, oh my God. <laughs> That's right. Here it comes. Um, Here's the question. Well, here's the thing, and I absolutely forgot, but it's flying back to me. Okay, uh, but the uh, Irishman stuff. Oh yeah, that, oh. that turned out okay. Oh, like, the Irishman so images are amazing. Like yeah. the the one with De Niro. I mean, oh, man, it's, it's like, oh, it's why totally did I perfect. put that up? <laughs> yeah, dude, that's so good. No, for anyone who is listening, uh, please go and check out our gallery. Uh, as always, uh, yeah. which uh, you see. Actually, you know what, Aaron? The, the one with you in the wheelchair is pretty freaking yeah, good. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good uh, one. Quite a bit. 
If you actually go to the gallery section and just update that at I'll some point, yep. at some point, doesn't matter. But just update that part because it, it'd be good to. It's some brilliant work. Because the, the the images that you've been doing are amazing, uh, and also uh, I've been telling Dan to to post them more regularly mm-hmm. on Instagram. So for the next few, for the few days after the uh, release of the podcast, we we throw up these images, but yeah. uh, we really the shampoo but ones follow are us on along. Instagram, which There's is Martini. Good underscore ones on yep. Martini underscore giant on Instagram. Uh, and uh, we put up our images of us in the movies we're doing. And while we're at it, we can also say we are Martini Giant. Um, uh, that's at Martini Giant for Twitter. Yep. Right? Which is very popular, very yep. very chatty. Yep. And It uh, is? Yeah, it is, oh, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of action going on in that. And, that's, uh, you run that section. I do. He runs all of it. Yeah. yeah. And I, uh, I, I, po- I post some to Instagram, but you, you, the, the real great beautiful stuff uh, that you see on Instagram is Eric. Yes. Um, and really? the, uh, well, he takes your images and puts them on Instagram. How yeah. do you do that with a computer? <laughs> with these n- newfangled rotary phones. Yes, Some Dad. binary thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, boomer. <laughs> that's right. Okay, <laughs> but uh, uh, and you can also email us, of course, at podcast, uh, podcast at martinigiant.com, which is where we're getting all of our marketing. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yeah, All right. of the people that are so, yeah, like, that, trying to sell us products. Yeah. yeah. We don't need any products. No. Not, not just yet. We need followers. We need followers. And ideas. So, do us also do us, do us a favor. And, uh, How many not, followers do we have? Pardon me. Um, uh, I don't know. Three I'm not going to finish that right now. I think we have 12. Get into that, Chris. Come on. At least. 17,000. Yeah. There you go. I love it. I'm counting toes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Billions of atoms. Yes. Uh, at least. Um, but uh, uh, yes, please write Podcast in. Podcast at martinigiant.com to Suggest email us. things, absolutely. Uh, at Facebook, we also have a Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash martinigiant. Uh, please rate us and recommend us if you didn't mind. Yes. Uh, on uh, uh, Apple Podcast. Yes. It's uh, important to us because that is how we became the number one, for a brief moment, the number one Movie review podcast in Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. Wait a minute. We aren't anymore? No. It's a tough market. Dude. Fuck. It's a tough we market. fell off the chart. Uh, the, the, the other guy <laughs> beat us out. <laughs> but we'll fight our way back. <laughs> we will. Sri Lanka. That's right. Sri Lanka doing us proud. Very, very happy about this, right. quite honestly. Yeah. Um, we got taken out by <laughs> the coronavirus. The coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, but in any case, yes, um, uh, we will be doing the wrong guy. It's hilarious, Dave Foley. If you don't know who Dave Foley is, that's <laughs> that is a hall. really good suggestion. Yeah, that's that a, is obscure a and one. hilarious. And I am going to kill you. It is amazing. <laughs> like all the first twelve minutes of that movie should be nothing but wanna, memes. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it. Yeah, Let's not get into it's it. Too we'll good. talk about it because it's, it's just like, oh, the beginning is so funny. Yeah, it's, it's so flawless. funny when he's like. When you watch the whole thing, you're like, this is a really stupid comedy. And then when you watch the whole thing, it's like, this is a fucking brilliant it's comedy. It's a genius, <laughs> stupid comedy. It's a genius comedy. Yeah, you remember this film? Have you seen it? I saw it, it the, the other night. I, I told him about the recommendation. Oh, yeah. We talked on the phone. Oh, my he God. took me off the walls. What a, what a, All right. What a movie yeah, I tell you. But tonight, we are talking about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Um, uh, by John Hughes, Shop Attack Fujimoto. And now, beautifully shot. Beautifully shot. Now, I by the way, I also noticed good. one thing, like, I, because now that. You know, I work in film and everything else. The focus pulling was fucking ridiculous in this film. That's some good stuff. Shout out to the focus pullers of the world. I mean, I'm serious. Yeah. Like uh, you assistant camera people. I am just saying. It is very serious work. Because they nailed these like. Yeah. 
That's, like focus, yeah. like nailed it. And I'm I looking at it that on up my, myself many times. Looking at it, and that is hard. Where yep. you do that shot, and you're like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah, snap, snap, snap. And and that is, and they were nailing the focus. Yeah, no, every time. Good stuff. And a comedy, which is a different kind of focus pulling from a drama, right? Because it's like, Woof. what about a dramedy? What kind of focus pulling are you doing on that? Uh, you you half pull. You have pull. Yeah. 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 You have pull on this. Yeah. Uh, Slight bokeh. Yeah. It's just a little quarter pull. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the really the thing. Yeah. And that's, that goes back to, that's probably, it's classic. The, that's yeah, classic. Yeah. It's like, well, the yeah, that's a classic jump. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. The fun ship Potemkin. Not the battle ship. Potemkin was amazing. Yeah. That was the comedy <laughs> version. Right. Of All the clowns are coming down yeah. the stairs Milo. and they're throwing flowers at the people. Okay. So there's a, there's a Milo, something Milo. Milos Forman. No. The wonderful Milos Forman. So yeah. it's a it's a it's Milo's another Deli really cheap, cheap, cheap comedy. Mm-hmm. Like almost almost as cheap as the wrong man. No. Uh-huh. And I think it's like being Milo or something Milo. The wrong guy. The wrong, the wrong guy. guy, sorry. The wrong man is an Alfred Hitchcock movie with um uh, right. Henry the Fonda. wrong guy. Uh and uh it's a it's the story the basic premise is a guy who basically is has anxiety mm-hmm. and he has constant stomach problems from his anxiety. <laughs> right. And then what ends up developing is that. Oh, you told me about this. It's nasty, but it it's sounds nasty. hilarious. Yeah. So, uh, when he has like a really bad anxiety, he ends up shitting out a monster that kills the people that are causing him anxiety. Yes. Yeah. And it's, I have heard from everybody who's seen this, that it is hysterically funny. It's hysterically yeah. funny. Yeah. And one of the things that comes up in this, and I don't know why I'm relating to uh, there's something related to what we said. Not here, but um, uh, uh, Camille Manjami, you know the yeah from um, um, from uh, uh, Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley, yeah, and uh, in, a in bunch of other things. Structure. And uh, what's the movie he was nominated for an Oscar for? Uh, <sighs> oh, the uh, romantic comedy. Uh, yes, where, uh, the Big Sick. The Big Sick. Yeah. Yep. So he was also in that, which is the story of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so he plays a character in that movie, which is the uh, the main character's mother's lover, mm-hmm. who's his same age. Right. So his right. mother is fucking this Camille. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good time. Hey, and man. he's talking to him like son. Right. But they're the same age. Listen, son. Yeah. <laughs> and then he awesome. talks about his exploits with his mother. Right. right sexual right. exploits. Yeah, and yeah. goes, yeah, you know, my dick is really big. So we can't have sex like every day because it's sore. It's, it's too much. Too yeah. much. No. So we have just like just a tip Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> man, oh, man. Brutal. Brutal. And the way, the way he says that. Sorry like, it's a blue, very, everybody. It's, it's very, very <laughs> – like it, just in the Camille way. You oh, have to, he, that dude is hysterically funny. so funny. So good, so good. Yeah, yeah. He so I, I, that's what I was like when it's like just half a pull. Yeah, just half a pull. F- focus pull. That's it's right. like just a tip Tuesday. Yeah. No. I. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, uh, Karen, so by the way, again mm-hmm. related to the fact that my wife and I love the same movies. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Really obscure, hilarious, stupid thing. We say the joke just a tip Tuesday uh-huh. all the time. In public. Uh-huh. But nobody knows what you're saying. No one knows what we're talking about. Yeah, right. 
But that's a good that, little that, hidden, that hidden is, gag. That is love. Yeah, that's that right. is that's love a good little right hidden there. gag. I just want to note that how much I love my wife and right. the fact that we can have a just you a tip. You can say a really dirty joke in public and nobody knows. Yes, yes we can say just that. a tip Tuesday mm-hmm. joke. Yep. And uh, that's what's wonderful about, about that relationship. And uh, you know, we're going on 20 years. That's so. nice. That's very nice. Marriage, we so. have – my wife and I have just on on all fours Thursday. So oh, that's nice. It's a little it's different. A little, yeah. It's a little different. It's but, a little, uh, yeah. This is a – Four for Thursday. No, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that this is a slightly different tone from Martina Giant, but I'm riding with it. I had Sorry. to ride that joke okay. because – No, we have to do it. It's, uh, it's you set it up, Chris. Wow. Well, uh, oh, man. I still – you know what I'm going to – Actually, I was trying to find – I was trying to find, I, I'm, uh, you know, part of what I do is I re-listen to the podcast, as you guys know, mm-hmm. uh, to QC them. We both do, yes. But no, you don't. I do. Uh, no, you don't. Uh, but, <laughs> I could. Uh, no, you don't. Hypothetically. Uh, but Hypothetically, what I, yes. But what I do is I, I, I try to also find the, the one-liner quotes, which mostly come from Eric. Mm-hmm. Mostly mm-hmm. come from Yeah, it's funny as hell. That's the way it works. Yes, absolutely. You put the jokes up front. That's how you get listeners. But I did find, like, I think it was for the shampoo episode mm-hmm. that's coming out. I found the line where Eric is talking about uh, getting into his Jeff Epstein fighting weight. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I saw the morgue. And I was like, oh, my God. He is my height. But he's 185. Yeah. And I'm 202. Minus, I got minus, 20, minus 28 grams for his yeah, but soul. The point, yeah. I know. <laughs> but the Epstein point, neck breaking weight. Yeah, I know. Right. But the point is, I was like, I have to get down to the Epstein weight. Yep. Wife's like, you cannot say that on the podcast. I'm like, I'm done, saying. Done twice. I might just. <laughs> Does she listen to the podcast? No. But she's like, don't say anything. <clears throat> uh, don't make disparaging comments about people mm-hmm. too late and don't um yeah don't don't be mean and uh, you know, well you know what i said fuck those right. guys they're all idiots anyway she's like don't there, say inappropriate right? things <laughs> it's completely like, appropriate i don't, I don't have a filter so i, I gotta figure that one in, out in sri lanka all of this is perfectly socially acceptable there's nothing there's nothing weird this is this is the kind of comedy that is most appreciated what if lanka. i become like the jerry lewis of sri lanka wouldn't it be great and like in two like, years like, for, like jerry lewis i get a call in like five years there's a war you because your up. podcast comedy like is inspired everyone in sri lanka and i have you to fly up. to sri lanka I and accept a nice war like, at the airport i'm like what My the God. fuck and they're like throwing sri roses flowers it's i'm like that's beautiful. unbelievable yeah. i know you yeah. show up there's like the you know you you do the whole like walking down the stairway because it's the third and there's like time. a bronze yeah. statue of me like yes yeah, the martini giant that's with you. headphones yeah. so like that that's is that. you and that's everyone that's is taking photos yeah our numbers are big there but wow that'd be amazing i'm so glad i made you laugh you are a jerry lewis you are a jerry jerry lewis i would not the thing is the problem with being I would love to like be like to France. Jerry Lewis oh, was be marvelous, but I would not want to be Jerry Lewis. No, like, uh, that would he's dead. First of all, so I definitely yeah, not want to yeah, be Jerry it'd Lewis. be hard to do. But and, even and alive, tough. yeah, I think that's pretty much pretty much where I'm at. Well, stiff. That's true. <laughs> hmm. I are you guys Jerry Lewis fans? I'm not a Jerry Lewis fan. I'm not a Jerry Lewis uh, fan, except for the one movie. That obviously, he's King of Comedy. Fun's over, Jerry. Fun's over, Jerry. Jerry, fun's I over. I like Cinderella. Okay. All right. I, I can we can live with that. That's right. Did you like Dino? I like Dino. I like Cinderella because he played two roles there. Yeah. He like he kind of like showed a little acting yeah. duality. No, I mean I I, say, I I I see that he's a talent. And he invented stuff like the yeah playback. Oh, I get yeah video like, playback. I like it's like I he have invented no. That. I have I no. I mean I haven't seen Cinderella in a long flavor. time. You yeah, you knew I, that I that he invented video playback. Video playback. I did not know that he invented video playback. Really. 
He invented video playback in the 60s. Wow. Because he wanted to see the comedy routines back. Right. And so the guys were shooting. So in the mid, early mid 60s, -hmm. he spent his own money and he went to some guy at like, you know, Pasadena, all the science labs and so forth there. And he worked with him and he developed this thing where it goes to tape and he can see it back on set and say, okay, do it again. That's incredible. That's video playback. Absolutely. He, He invented video village. That Essentially, is, yeah. don't quote me, but I'm, I'm probably 99% sure that he literally invented video playback. Well, I, I, I appreciate that. Because they ran a, f- a feed through the camera into the uh, um, basically the new video technology coming right. out. Right. And it allowed him to like see it, play it back. No, no, hit that beat because all yeah, this stuff is so it. physical. Yeah, I mean he's, a, he's obviously an extremely skilled person and, uh, and people that love his stuff love his stuff. And I can see that it's really well done. I just don't have the nerve endings. I want to see that, that film that was banned. I don't know what it is. Oh, uh, the clown that cried. Yeah, 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 yeah. That uh, that's the one movie I want to see of his next. That, I don't know if that would work. He like he was a he was such a self serious person. That's why King of Comedy worked is because yeah, like, I heard he was a, a big. Oh, you, you, <laughs> you want to know something so great? No joke. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the producers, uh, well, two of the producers that I partnered with for what I'm working on now, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them produced Rocky in Popo Greenwich Village. Oh yeah, right. But right. his friend, who's partnered up with us, um, worked for Marty, and he worked on, on um, King of Comedy. King of Comedy. Oh my glory be! He yeah, was like, I remember going to the set when the they were doing the grandma thing. Ma, shut up, ma. Yeah, oh my I was God. like, my so head good. exploded because we were at a meeting two weeks ago, and I was like, you, what? What? Yep. What? Yep. Oh man. Oh man. And yeah. he told me we should get him in one day. He has great stories, but he was literally. Does he want to be in here? I'll ask him. Like, I have to Come see him in. tomorrow. I'm going to see him tomorrow for Come like a me- long meeting. Good podcast. But the thing was, he was telling a story that he worked for Chartoff, uh-huh. uh, Michael Chartoff, who right. produced Raging Bull and yep. stuff like that, right. and also did Taxi Driver. Damn. And right before Taxi Driver, he was in New York and he was helping. His father was a famous actor. Mm-hmm. And. Um, he was helping his father's friend on a restaurant and it was daytime. So it was closed. It was uh-huh. a club and they were trying to get Marty, I mean, uh, De Niro to come and invest a little money. Sure. So this is, he, this is 75 uh-huh. and he was going to start filming taxi drivers, taxi driver, like two months in, in two months. Mm-hmm. So he was prepping for the role. So he was driving a cab. Oh, that's incredible. And so he pulls up in a cab right. and Mike says, I looked at the name, I see him and I said, hey, hey. And I run out to the car and I was like, he's like, I'm just going to leave it here. He left the lights on. He wanted to check the club out. Right. There was a 45 on the seat. And he's oh, like, Christ. really? You're going to leave it there? He's like, look, man, it's dangerous out there. I have to carry that with me, but it's fine. He locked the door and he went inside. Oh my God. Yeah, he don't like, worry about really? it. Really? And he go in and he's like, so we invested in the club and he just was hanging out with him. And he literally was dressed the way he did in Taxi Driver. Oh man. So he did months of prepping, sure. just doing, literally doing a shift yeah. in New York. Well, it shows, man. That's one of the most like, that is a down to the marrow. And I was like, holy moly, that's yeah. such a great story. Mike, yeah. how come you never told me this? He's like, well, you're asking. I was well, like, come on, Martini Giant. Tell I'll again. ask him tomorrow. That's what I think you should do. Right. He's a, a wonderful guy. Funny, funny. Oh, I should get Donna on. Oh, yeah. Totally get Donna on. That'd be great. Yeah. All right. Spectacular. Her that's first anything. film was Raging Bull. That's incredible. We could get the both on. And then she probably knows him. 
Yeah. Oh, she, absolutely, sure she, she absolutely knows him. Yeah. And he got out. Well, he's not out of it, but he uh, he he just invests in movies now. Yeah. And um, but he worked for Irv, Irwin, uh, Ir, Char- yeah. Irwin Winkler. Irwin Winkler. Yeah. Yeah. And he did a lot of that stuff. I mean, he he developed a lot of stuff in the eighties, man. Sure. But he uh, he has good stories. Oh, that's amazing. I I, the only thing about Donna is I was like telling her like. You know, I was like, I'm going to do a podcast. Like, I was, I was like, yeah, I got another podcast called Martini Giant. Where mm-hmm. it's like, and and she's totally a production person, right? right? She's like, I make movies, I make movies, I make movies, right. right? And I was like, yeah, Martini Giant. And she's like, really? <laughs> what? <laughs> I guess people do talk about the movie after it's made, but after it's done, I don't give a shit yeah, it's anymore. It's done. Well, it's done. Exactly. Like she doesn't care Close after the book, it's done. Put it on the shelf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did they make yeah. money? Good. Done. Let's move on. Next movie. <laughs> That's our job. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't actually burger in, burger out is what That's a guy right. used yeah. to tell me. Well, well she's – listen, she's so smart. I love Donna. She's been a, yeah, she a mentor amazing. to me yeah, and, and amazing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. She's a she's, she's classic Hollywood producer and, uh, and she's really kind, so – that's very good. Yeah, right on. Well, she is very welcome, of course, on the podcast. It would be wonderful. Yeah, so I'd be curious. I was like, hey, I'll ask you, Donna. I was like, hey, you want to be on Martini Giant? Welcome, Donna. Oh, she's got stories. Oh, my yeah, God. I can only imagine. That although, would be good. Although the problem is she tells stories and she goes, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that one. <laughs> yeah, just a tip Tuesday. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you're going to cut that out. I know you are. It's perfect. I love it. Keep Am it. I? Should nah. I cut it out? No. Heck no. No. Talk about it. People That's can the take whole it. point. We believe in you. We believe in you, people. Just the whole point. Just a tip Tuesday. Now, when I say just a tip Tuesday, you guys know what we I'm talking about. We don't have to have the full explanation. You secret people, you, people listening tonight yeah. will understand the secret joke between us all. I'm going to tell you this, right? Just another example tell me. of how amazing uh, and, and, and ridiculous my wife is at the same time. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess my son was playing some game at some kid's house where they were doing some trivia stuff going on. And um, so uh, my son knows movies that we like that mm-hmm. may not necessarily be movies he should watch yet. Sure. Exactly. Right? Like, like um, Salo 120 Days of Sodom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so he's sitting there at this party with the kids mm-hmm. and they're doing a trivia thing and it's supposed to be goofy and silly. Right. And he's like uh, Pasolini. Anybody? Right. <laughs> and so apparently, like the kids are sitting there is like, all right, name a movie that has a lot to do about butts. Oh, yes. And they're all like naming different movies. Nice and Brady go. comes in. It's like human centipede. Nice. <laughs> well done. Let's go. Run. <laughs> <laughs> because all the other kids go, what's what? that? <laughs> And like, and Brady's like, oh, it's my mom's favorite horror film. Absolutely. And uh, right. and then they're like, um, no. Brady, and then we weren't uh, invited anywhere ever again. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I will. I will vouch for Human Centipede. That's a. That's a. Uh, that's, that's a good film. That's a good movie. That's a very good. The movie. first one. Yeah. Uh, anything the other else? Two are kind of unwatchable. The unwatchable. Yeah, yeah. The first one. That that's holy they got, you get shit. the balance right in that thing. That was really good. That's a good fun, like. Sh- a self-aware but slightly actually scary movie. Like yeah. it's like they, they do the tension right in that thing. It's very they, Carl. They uh, yeah, I remember. I remember when I was going around DD, mm-hmm. and we were watching. Carl was watching it, right? Our friend Carl Denham, friend of the yeah. show, and uh, and he was watching it while we were at work. Yep. And we were all like, we knew what it was about, 
Right. Didn't want to watch it. And he's watching it and goes, this is beautifully shot. It's really nicely shot. It actually and it is. is. It, it is. is beautifully shot. Have you seen the movie? No. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's pretty good. It's, it's hard good. to watch because of the concept. Yeah. It's nasty. It's nasty. Yeah. But that's what you want in a, um, a mean-spirited horror film. I mean, like it's a it's – got, it's got – it. It, I wouldn't even say it's like ultra gory. It's just conceptually incredibly nasty. Conceptually gory. Yeah, yeah for sure. Definitely, yeah. Definitely so. Uh, but uh, the second one is sort of nicely shot and they really lean into it being a sort of like pseudo art film. And it's just gross and boring. That's the problem with that yeah. one. And then the first one's a legit horror film. Yeah. Really, really. And, and it's got that nice uh, balance of low budget and making the most out of that low budget. Yeah. No, they earn it. They are in it for sure. Right. Yeah. No, that's, like that's nice, like, like shallow depth of field. Yep. That kind of stuff. And the dude, what's his name? Dieter Laser or whatever. Oh, the, 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 the German guy. The you doctor. don't find too many of those guys around. No. He's, he is like, I uh, would make you my middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he's like, he's like a low rent Udo Kier. <laughs> you know, I love just, Udo Kier. Oh, Udo Kier is incredible. Do you know how he got his start? No. Warhol. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. He did what? Frankenstein? Yeah, I think it was yeah. that he yeah. was. He worked with Warhol. That's right. In, yeah. His, um, yeah, Udo Kier is incredible. He's just, yeah. just classic, classic. I was thinking of Udo when you were talking about the German guy because I was like, oh, a, I yeah. just saw Udo the other he's day. Like, he's like the schlocky um, comic book version of Udo. Kier. Udo is really, really fucking something. great. Yeah, it's totally awesome. I don't know how, how are we talking about Udo Kier in a Ferris Bueller's Day Off uh, podcast. I'm not entirely Welcome sure. to Martini Welcome Giant. To Martini Giant. Welcome to Martini <laughs> Giant, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> just Tip Tuesday, uh, Udo uh, Kier. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, welcome to what is it? Welcome to Martini Giant, where it you know the stories get going when the Adderall fades out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, yes. So to bring it back around to uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Um, yes. This has been. This was a uh, a formative movie for me in high school. This is a very Gen X movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in a good way. In a good way. And yeah. I think because like, uh, there's plenty of John Hughes films you go back and watch. Like Breakfast Club is still good. It's a good movie. Yeah. But it's that feels sort of uh, dated in a – in like I would have loved this in high school way. It's still, it still works, but it's a little shticky. It um, also is most – I mean it's quote unquote a comedy, but it's mostly more serious. Yeah, yeah. It's a drama. And it leans hard into the stresses of high school. Right. Right. And what so like to me now that plays a lot more falsely than Ferris Bueller's the Ferris Bueller. Right. Does. And then you look at pretty in pink, mm-hmm. also a little bit more drama based. Yeah. But yeah, the thing same. about it for I can recall like John Hughes it's after seeing Ferris for the first time after yep. twenty, ten years. Yep. Yeah. Thirty years. 30-something. 30, 30, 40 years. 40 years. Yeah. Almost. What? 86? 86, I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. 86. So we're looking at 35 years. Yeah. Motherfucker. Um, 34 years. That's crazy. <laughs> Don't get me started, man. So here's the deal, though. Breakfast Club, it was darker, and I felt like um, – like Judd Hirsch's role, as I rem- always remember, it was like he was just such a dark fuck up. Oh, uh, and, and not Judd Hirsch, Judd Nelson. Nelson. Yeah, was Judd Hirsch dark- from Taxi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which Sorry. would have been great. Judd Nelson <laughs> was a dark fuck up. Right. And right. you right. saw a little bit of that when uh, he was kicking the lights out of the car. Yeah, right. In Ferris, where there's this dark underside. Yeah, there's a real energy. Yeah, yeah for sure. And it's, um, he showed it a little bit. Who yeah. do you love? A car. I love a car i love the way his backstory comes out man just that one little line where he's just like you know he loves the you car more than see he loves his, his parents his wife. so it shows what yeah 
And it's just like, fuck, man, this beautiful empty house with a beautiful car in it. And it's just like, it's, he's in the woods. He's literally in the woods. Like Cameron right. is in the woods. And, uh, and he says his wife is often, not his wife, his mom is often whatever it is. Right. And his dad is away. And the only thing you know about them is that he loves the car more than he loves his wife. And that's the only line you need to set up all the tension of the rest of the film. Who do you love? A car kick. And I, I do. I wish I also, actually... by the way, uh, side note, uh, production note, uh, that was shot late in the production. Oh, really? And so all the leaves had turned brown because it was in the fall. So they actually hand painted a lot of the leaves in the trees green. Oh, they spray paint the trees. Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like usually we would uh, instead color correct that these days. Just like a little swing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. They go out there and actually yep. – They beautiful. Paint, they painted the, the tree. poor squirrels. Oh, I know. Yeah. Still munching on those things. But yeah, the uh, – <laughs> like because the red car in that green – Green Forest is really punches, man. It's such a great – Also, people got stuff. really upset about the fact that the car was destroyed, mm-hmm. which is not actually a real – So they built it was a actually – It's an MG. Yeah. It's an MG replica right. yeah. of the car. And right. so everyone's like, I can't believe you destroyed a Ferrari. It's like, right. it's an MG, dude. Chill yeah. out. Don't don't sweat it. No big deal. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah, it's a – Diamond does. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you see the uh... – in that house, there were no parents. He was just alone. Yeah. yeah. Which is the whole point. Oh, yeah. I know. Absolutely. Yeah. Like not know, seeing Eric. the dad is so So, great. so, so I actually remember being at a – it's funny. Somebody reached out to me like two and a half weeks ago and I knew him years ago. Mm-hmm. And he reminded me – he sent me an email. He's like, I think I, – I just was thinking not the other night. Like I remember being in a nightclub in Florence mm-hmm. and I look out and this guy's walking with sketchbooks by and I had the bouncer run out to bring you in and I was like holy shit I hadn't seen him I'm so long but I do remember being at a party with him and he did he borrowed uh, it was an enormous home in mm-hmm. Connecticut it was enormous uh, enormous home and it was enormous garage with like all these Jaguars old Jaguars and stuff oh, wow. Wow. and he took one out and he had a wall and rah, 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 and they just walked back and started drinking again. And like, why is there little blood specks on your chin? Because yeah. he, he cut himself. But it was like for the glass. And I was like, yeah. that was, it reminded me of like, because for him, this guy, I won't say his name. Uh, I was like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, but I was just like. I've seen worse when, when yeah. you throw it out the window. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Comes back. Come on. Another side note, because I've been reading a lot of trivia about this. Mm-hmm. The garage attendant, uh-huh. mm-hmm. like oh, uh, that, that, that dude's crazy. Science of the Lambs. No. What, what, what country do you think this is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was going to. I'm, I'm a professional. Yeah, yeah. So you know who was originally supposed to play that role? Who's that? You guys are going to freak out. I you? know James Woods. Nope. <laughs> guess again. Gene Hackman. Nope. Um, it would be um, you guys. Are, James I, Coco. <laughs> you, guys you guys aren't that far. Really? You guys aren't that Reynolds. Uh, think of another uh, like character like that that has been in another in John Hughes films. Let me think. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Bus- yeah. uh, Pesci. No. Buscemi. Nope. No. Don't know. Robert Triverton. Tri- Triverton. Right? Is it Triverton? <laughs> it's Triverton. Yeah. 
Sounded Bill Paxton. Like oh yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I can see that. So sure. Bill Paxton was supposed to play that, play that character. Good old Paxton, but he but didn't like. He the turned red it car. down. He turned it down because it's like it's like a very small role. He's like, right. eh, I'm not going to do it. It's right. a very small role, which he apparently regrets for a long time because then he never got called back by right. John Hughes to do another role because he played the character in uh, uh, Weird Science, right? Right. Right. So, so that was the thing. Is like, but he would have been really good. However, the guy who played it, oh, he's great, brilliant, and that guy's a, a character actor. He's been a million, oh, yeah. million things. Wait a minute, wasn't he in not Cheers? But he was. It was Rhea Perlman's husband in Cheers. No, Rhea know. Perlman. No, 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 no. Rhea Perlman's husband in Cheers. That's the guy from Blood Simple. Yes. Yeah. Not that guy. He's great. And he and and uh, husband in Cheers was in Cheers was married to the woman who was the psychiatrist girlfriend. No, uh, oh God, the bouncer's cousin. No, so Real Perlman's fictional characters. Mm-hmm. So Real Perlman's husband in Cheers yeah. was married to an. Ended up getting married to another character in Cheers mm-hmm. who was in real life the uh, wife of Casey Kasem. Wow. Oh, I'm wow. still trying to pull the thread on what you just said, but I, I think I get it. All right, that, that's- so she, she was like a very perky blonde woman, right? right? And so in Cheers mm-hmm. – uh, God, what's his character's name? He might have been in Taxi as well. I'm not sure. That guy is um, – he is – the only other thing – he's been in a million things. The only thing I can think of is he is the uh, evil husband in Blood Simple. He is. And he's great. You're absolutely yeah. right about that. Great. Very good actor. And I can't think but of But in him. Cheers, he's married to this blonde, like, ditzy girl. Right. Who is very funny as a blonde, ditzy girl. Right. But she in real the, – the actress who plays that person is also – was married to Casey Kasem. That's wacko. How then, do I know then, this? Then Why do the, I know this? That's the first time I've heard Casey Kasem's name in possibly 15 years. Okay. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't have a – like that's up there with Wolfman Jack and uh, where I, I just go – I love like, Wolfman Jack. Yeah, it's, yeah, but I don't think – it just doesn't come to mind readily. Wolfman from Del Rio. Yeah. yeah Wolf, Wolfman Jack. Yeah, that one, right? Because that was before Top 40 right. that he was broadcasting out of Mexico from I wrote Del Rio. A, I wrote a script about that, a, ah. a spec script. About so, that. About Wolfman Jack? Yeah. Yes. Wow. I, Did I tell you that? I've never heard the no, story. What about this? Mexico. No, but it totally makes sense. And do you guys remember I was making you listen to Terry Allen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Uh, the country Lubbock. western singer that I love about Lubbock. Yeah. And he's got a song called The Wolfman of Del Rio. That's which is about Wolfman Jack. Wolfman Jack. Yeah, yeah. Wolfman Jack. It's like listening to the Wolfman of Del Rio. Right. Yeah. Uh, the the song the song is not actually called the Wolfman of Del Rio. The song is called the Amarillo Highway. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. But anyway, I know Wolfman Jack from the, uh, American Graffiti. That's yeah, the, but it was yeah. pirate radio, and it was in Mexico. It's so pirate radio. They spin all the records in Mexico. Right. Yes. And right. so that was the premise of the the my script. Oh, yeah. that's awesome! And that's it great. takes place in the late fifties. Yeah, and it's spinning. But wasn't what, what's the movie where they go end up going to see Wolfman? Wasn't American that's Graffiti? American Graffiti. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. Okay, yeah, thank American you. Graffiti. And uh, but this is a horror film. Oh, what's well, not a? It, it's basically the film I wrote was 
it's that, but um, everybody he's spinning records, and so imagine the thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're up on this mountain, records, and an alien comes ship, uh-huh. and it works its way through it while he, the rec- he's disc jockeying. Oh, that's great! Love Do you it. know what I mean? Right. And so you just think it's just one night, right? Right, right, right. That's a good one. Am I way too bad here? Too, right? too well, far just back. lower. Down. That's you basically what it, it is. Down. We can push do this. That's right. That's right. You can push so it it's all fifties music and Mexico, and it's basically you can shoot it in this. And I found a cool place in Montana actually that had an old radio station that was um, not used anymore, but it looked like thirty style, uh-huh. and it had like the, the the rounded edges, and it was middle oh, of old, nowhere, old on school. a mountain. And you yeah, could probably nice. just, you know, substitute it for Mexico with dirt roads a little bit coming up. But I was like, fuck. This wasn't is- there a uh, – I may I may have this totally wrong. But wasn't there a, um, a Mexican station that did uh, – after the success of Wells, War of the Worlds. Yes. They did a version. And uh, it also tricked the audience. And then the uh, they, the town freaked out so hard they came and, like, came to come kill the radio host. Oh, that's a great story there, too. Like, that's like, I'm waiting for that movie to get made. You like, should make that, that. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Right. It's, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm definitely an old old radio fan. I love all that. I love uh, Wells War of the Worlds. I love Fear, Fear Key and uh, all that stuff. Did you fill this up, by the way? I did. Oh, okay. Because I was like, God, I thought I drank more. No. I, drink I more. gave you a little more alcohol. That's all right. Keep it loose. Keep it loose. It's, um, um, so... I have a question about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. I do so, too. So, yeah. I, so, I this movie – okay. I mentioned before, as someone who had never lived in the United States until later in life. So, I moved to the United States when I was 17. Mm-hmm. So, I only experienced American culture through film right? or through my brief – very brief visits to the United States in the summer. Right. Right? So – um, I never saw Ferris Bueller's Day Off while living away from the United States. Right. That I'm thrust into American culture having never seen Ferris Bueller's Day right. Off, going to a preppy school, et cetera, et cetera, and dealing with that situation. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly I see Ferris Bueller's Day Off and I'm reminded about like – like American culture, but also my friends, right? Because like, like I said, there is a lot to me that's relatable, right? Like my friend Jan and Raquel and I were like, that was it. That, right. Like the, the, we were kind of like yep. those. That was your squad. That was my squad. It was mm-hmm. actually very close to that. So instead right. of going to the top of the Sears building and looking out, you went to the top of the pyramids. Acropolis. The Acropolis. Right. Yeah, it's very nice. You were in Egypt. I right? was born in Egypt, but, oh. I, but I was in Athens at the time. That's anyway, a great one just to do it. I, I, mean, I was in New Jersey Greek, and then a, I was on – A Greek Epcot. version of Ferris Bueller <laughs> oh and he God. wakes up in a little seaside village. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be amazing, man. <laughs> Ferris, and then he goes to the Acropolis. Ferris like, Bucopolis. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be incredible. So actually, honestly speaking, between between us, like that was actually the problem because I went to this prep school and I had nothing that was relatable. Right. Because everyone there's is no like, touchstones for you. There's no touchstone. Yeah, right. So people would tell me stories about, you know, whatever they did in Chicago or Boston or whatever. And I would tell stories about Iona columns, Greece, Doric or columns. Doric. Oh, Greece. My favorite or column is because Doric. that's the only thing I had. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. And they would look at me like snob. 
Oh. European Euro, Euro trash snob, right. whatever. Right. And that would basically be made fun of. I was yeah. like, I'm Just not actually I, I'm, I'm not, not trying not. to impress you like my life is better. Right. I grew I'm up there. That's the only <laughs> thing I have to tell you. I didn't have any other thing that went on in my life. Right, exactly. Anyway, that was that was a different story. But but it brings back the whole point of Ferris Bueller's Day Off because while we do have predominantly an American audience, we do have people in Sri Lanka that listen Absolutely. to this podcast. Absolutely. I get a lot of play this time. I'm so very happy is about this. this – is that – is the Ferris Bueller's Day Off too American? Yes. Do you think it's so? It's very American. I mean I think it's I think it's very sincerely American for sure. But it's such an – it's so encapsulated unto itself. Like it doesn't represent America now. It represents Ferris Bueller America from the eighties. From the eighties, and even then, it doesn't really work because when I think of the eighties, yeah, they talk about the Sears Tower and how it's the biggest in the world. Right. Okay. Everything okay. was but, like, but really about let's 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 forget about the actual like little facts going on. Sure. Uh, I'm talking about more about the you sound like Trump. The relationships. <laughs> yes. The relationships. Let's not worry about facts. facts. Yes. Fine. I, I, let's worry about the re- the relationships between the friends. Like, there's a friend that has all these different. Yeah, situations. Like I would because I would actually say that it is not very representative of the way, uh, say, high school is represented in the 80s or how the 80s – because, like, everybody in this movie has taste, like like indie taste, like really interesting taste. Right. Everyone in this movie is essentially really popular and nice to each other. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not anything like even John Hughes' own films. Like, all right. the movies of the 80s um, that are iconic for this business – are all like very anxious, like clicks against each other, revenge of the nerd stuff. And Ferris Bueller is actually this weird vision of like everyone's fine, and it's and I and I don't think they actually any even like say that. it. The secretary's like they all love him. The they dweebs, all love him. The yeah. dweebs, the geeks, the sluts. Yeah, and it's and it's a completely <laughs> athletes, unique tone. They all yeah. love him <laughs> because I don't even think like I mean we are much more um, sort of socially aware uh, culture right now. But I but you watch regular like. Uh, teen-based drama stuff that, like, my kids watched and whatnot. Like, it's still basically melodramatic stuff, trash, you know? It's just noisy trash. Whereas that this, is, like, has all the opportunity to do that, and it just doesn't. What if Ferris Bueller was a fictional character? He is fictional. He's no, like no, a, no. He's like a, uh, no, no, no. a fey character that comes no, what if he's, magically he, saves Cameron. He is, yeah. What if, like, he's actually not... He's an elf. But there was there <laughs> or, wasn't a reality or, or, to it, of course, because it's like no, like 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 he's not like everyone else is real, but he's actually not real. Like right. he's an ideal son, he's sure. an ideal friend, mm-hmm. he's an ideal he's an idealization ideal of, brother, yeah, of right. everyone, right? And what if he wasn't actually a real person? What if he is basically everyone's fantasy? Yeah, I think it's the best part of everybody. Like it's it's like because he, he doesn't seem he rep- real. He represents the yeah, best. part I agree of with that. He did, doesn't seem, and that was my problem with it. Uh, besides um, adjusting the microphone, I I felt like he wasn't. There wasn't a. It was too. Uh, there was a Cliff Notes version of him some way. There was something. Well, yeah, he's like he is. He is the closest. Like he's a. Very- I actually don't, uh, and I know what you said about it, it being a problem for you, but I actually think like, what if that's by design? Oh, well, it is yeah. probably by design. But like I was saying earlier, because I never went to a high school like that, right. I, it's hard for me to – It's hard for you to connect to it. Yeah, the connection, yeah, sure, like, sure. okay, yeah. you skip school. But, uh, you know um, 
Like I feel because watching it now, I'm like I'm much more aware of like there's elements there that I didn't really notice last time, where you're seeing sort of like uh, Ferris's personal stresses and fears are visible. They're there, like they exist. But he doesn't have many. He do, but he do, well, he doesn't make a thing out of them. Like he's aware of it, and the reason why he's interested in sort of saving Cameron is because he's afraid of the same stuff. Like he like he has these sort like. He's is aware he? he's aware that like his like he's probably not going to marry this girl even though he wants to marry her. Like if like it all feels like to her it's like it's sort of like oh well I'm dating this cute boy and he's like actually I totally really love you and I would marry you. Like that comes up. Yeah, he wouldn't. And well he says he would. Like, yeah, that's like, bullshit. Well, I mean, like you like or at least as he feels that he would. I mean, he, he, remind, he, may, he, he reminds may, me he reminded me of my brother. And God bless him, but it was his like his intention is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, it like, was there was always a hustler beneath him and I felt like if I was going to relate to that I was like that other guy with uh the friend Cameron, Cameron. Yeah, Cameron. I, mean, yeah. I think everyone like Cameron's a much Cameron more real, is relatable, much person. more real. Yeah, but, and but I he do. was like my brother because my brother always had like the better looking girlfriend. Sure, like, sure, holy sure. Christ, and it was just like eh, I don't give a shit. And it was always a hustle. There was always like a oh, then, like, a scam going. Well, and, and like to, I'm going to skip this or that. Or right. I'm and do to be th- fair, like I mean, Ferris in the very beginning, like is a little bit of an asshole to Cameron. Like he's much more like when he's like slaps the phone out of his hand, and Cameron confronts him like the fuck are you doing you know like and there's this uh, weird there's this weird like actual person moment with him where you're like where he's like facing off against his like ferris bueller is like i'm so used to being the guy that gets everyone to do stuff and that's I, my brother yeah this is what i'm saying the classic like, example it reveals a oh, certain like, like a, a detail of this guy that i didn't notice before because i remember all the fun stuff but that's movie. what i really i was like he's my brother Always the hustle. Always the hustle. Right. Holy Christ. And sadistically beat me about the head and neck uh, when I was around him because he right. went away to school too. Mm-hmm. But that kind of stuff – I grew up around that kind of sure. stuff because literally I do remember once my brother's friend was going to the airport. He borrowed my parents' car. Right. Drove to LaGuardia Airport. Right. Dropped him off. And when he dropped him off, he's like, fuck it. I'll go to Puerto Rico with you. Right. And he left the car there at the drop-off, and he got on the plane. <laughs> and so I remember my father was like – got a call from the police because the car was towed, right, right, right. and it's in Queens in a compound. Like one of his cars, he's like, what the fuck? Where did he go? And he literally disappeared for two and a half weeks. Right. And he was in Puerto Rico because he knew this girl he hooked up with in New York, and her father was very wealthy, and they had a boat. And so he stayed on her boat, father's boat. And my father got a lawyer to track him down and to track Mark down. It was like, holy shit. And right. I saw this guy with the car going through the glass like, that's my brother. That's my yep. brother. No, he went yeah. to a party once, literally, and he's like, I'm, I'll go get more beer, guys. Somebody lend me your car. Right. And this girl's like, oh, I got it, but I'm moving. My stuff's in the back. He flipped it four times on I-95. Right, right, right. All her clothing possessions are all over. He broke his pinky and walked away from the crime. <laughs> and it was just like, that's my brother. The magical It's life, amazing right? he's right. still alive. Like, right. amazing. Right. Right. Like, amazing. He, oh, Jesus. He took a friend of his, and he was like... Let's go so- score some – let's go get some stuff that's white powdery, but we'll just go to 145th Street. And they, <laughs> right. they knock on these doors and this guy put an Uzi to his head and he's like, it's fine. We're cool. Let's just talk to the big guy. Yeah, and the yeah. guy's cutting it. I was like, it's like literally an Abel for our film. I'm I like, have you lost your mind? version of that story right there. He the, was the, – the It Uzi was always stories like that and right. it was always shit like that. Right. Like – Literally, I remember – like I would be out and in the city and 
he had a girl that he was always with and she had a place in Irving Place. And I said, I need to crash there. I called her up. She let me stay there. And Warren was there. And literally in the middle of the night, he's like, we're going to go out. And his friend, George, I just bought brand new shoes, took them out. And they went motorcycle riding on motorcycles on sidewalks through New York at four in the morning and drunk. And I was like, destroyed my shoes but i was like what the fuck are you doing that for it was just this reckless crazy you can get away with anything bueller was like that and i, uh, I yeah, saw like, it i was like god that's like my brother well bueller this was not like that. well no, no but no, the point he was like actually cares about people yeah but he was <laughs> like, he, he was con- yeah, yeah my brother had a heart yeah but um but the, he does he does <laughs> but the point is like bueller would not leave someone at the airport bueller actually no like, he didn't leave somebody he left the car there Right. And he gets on the plane with Mark, and they go to Puerto Rico. Yeah. And the car's got hazards on. Bueller and- cares about his friends. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and obviously he no, does my brother because does. Everyone, everyone at the high school, like, Bueller's going to care about it. So apparently uh, <laughs> the reason the original version is two hours and 45 minutes because there's a whole backstory about how Bueller helped save everyone's lives, oh. which is hinted at. With food poisoning? <laughs> no, different things. So, like, for example, uh, 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 Charlie Sheen's character, mm-hmm. right? So, Charlie Sheen's character, apparently in the, 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 the version that – in the edit that didn't make it. Right. So, he's the son of – supposed to be the son of the people that uh, the mother is showing the house to from Vermont. Oh, right. It's all connected. Right? It's all connected. Right. And so uh, in the story, they are – Charlie Sheen's character and is a, is a fuck-up mm-hmm. that uh, Ferris Bueller was trying to save. Oh, I see. Right. And didn't quite make it and that's right. what ended up going there. And so the reason he's so attract- – like so fixated on Cameron right. is that he feels that he can save Cameron. Right. Right. Like so, Charlie. So Bueller's character is all about like holding people close and like turning their lives around. Yeah, I mean, right. Like, he, like, like, like you can see it in the whole plot. Like it's written. It's like I want to help Cameron. Right. Like my his whole goal in life yeah, is not to, really about hanging out with his girlfriend. The, this is this is the his the, girlfriend's this there for accessory. This is the, the beautiful irony of the movie is everyone is. Concerned with saving Ferris, save Ferris is all over the place. But it's about saving Cameron. And it's about saving Cameron, right? Like that's the that's the glory of the movie. And the thing is, like I think of like uh, Ferris Bueller is he is like in, if you talk about him as a non real personality, he's closer to someone like Peter Pan or uh, mm-hmm. like or Puck or something like this. Yes. Where it's just like he's Puck. Yeah, like he is like these are these characters have their they they reference their own personal stresses and backstory, but that's for another show. Like they're here to do this thing, right? And so, like, but there like, are some people that live like that. Yeah, where, Peter Pan syndrome is a different issue. A different yeah, issue not entirely. but the puck. Where is you say their problems are for another part? It's they never worry about. They're so confident and smart. Right. Like that thing where the it was the body was in the bed and it rolled with the door. Right. That contraption shows sure. his intelligence yeah. and the way he, he, pull he, it think, off. he, he thinks he has it. everybody fooled. Right. And that was exactly like. It still is my well. This, this is the thing. It's like and like ultimately he is like when he thinks Cameron's like drowned in the pool, 
Like he is concerned for Cameron. Like he really does actually care deeply about Cameron. The whole oh, movie, yeah, like yeah. his yeah. goal is to save Cameron. Yeah, you know, like, and I think that there's a there's I think there's a moment when when Mia Sarah is like when he's like Mar- when he says marry me to Mia Sarah, and she just basically just blows him off. You can see is like, oh, that's weird. Like like I thought this was I thought she'd go for this because at least in the moment he really means that. Like it may change in five seconds from now, but like there's like there's a little hint of who this guy is outside of the movie, but in terms of the movie, he is only the the epic, the best the part, ghost that comes in. The and, best and makes part of that scene better. is actually Cameron with his like, oh yeah, boy, that's boy. incredible, boy. yeah, it's like so it was so swing beautiful, swing. like yeah, but like it's like how I feel about um, I, I, I gotta get uh, just real. We quick. have to get to a commercial. Just a second. Right? This is for what? what do was you it? need a restroom? No. Break? Do we have commercials? No, we don't. Have we don't commercials. have commercials. No, no, no financial support on this money? podcast. We are not making money. Okay, what? so real quick. Uh, so at college, I'm mm-hmm. in college, hmm. and uh, at backstory. <laughs> And so I'm having a, a, a meltdown emotionally about something going on. And I'm on the track team because I mentioned I was a runner at this time. You were cut from the cheerleading squad. No, I was, I was a runner. And so I'm having, a, I'm having a, a meltdown in a comedic way mm-hmm. and I'm making, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so my friend Greg looks at me and he's being very funny about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm freaking out. And I'm like, fuck it. I don't want to talk about anything. And he comes up to me. I'm laying on the ground for some reason. I don't know why. And he looks at me and goes, Cam, (laughs) Cam, I can freak out real easy too. And he nailed the fucking quote. And it had me. He had me cracking up because he like found the situation that that, that made sense. And related it back to the movie yep. that – I mean I didn't even think – I was like, you nailed it. And I was laughing yeah. so hard. Yeah. And then it's like, thank you for putting that context into right. it. Like I'm pissed off. Right. And I'm having a meltdown. And then you're like – And then I all the steam it. gets released. And all yeah. the steam gets released yeah. by yeah, comedy. Sure. Right. And it was really hilarious. And yeah, it was awesome. really, really funny. I just remember Craig doing that. Oh, well, I me. think that's, that is what the movie did for – Everyone, I think, that saw it when they were a kid, you know, or yeah. in high school. It's just sort of like, it, like instead It's okay of, to freak out. It's okay to because everyone has a little freak out in that movie. Like, yeah. you know, like uh, Ferris has his freak out early on when in the kitchen. Yeah. You know, when he's just like, like get. He's basically saying, I have to get you out of the fucking house. Like right. he's so focused on it, he doesn't realize he's being a prick about it. Yeah. You know, and uh, but he and, also. S- did not plan the phone call very well. Yeah, no, they didn't. He was like, he was so he's all dressed up like James Bond. Yeah, he thinks he thinks yeah. he thinks he's like all gonna he, work. Like he didn't really plan that very right. well because no. obviously, like, what are you gonna do? Because if you really think about it, analytically speaking, like, what are you? How gonna do? It, how's this pickup gonna happen? How is this gonna happen? <laughs> You're gonna <laughs> exactly. just tell her like. Just go outside. Yeah, There's going to be a nurse with you or yeah. someone with like, you. Is it, I mean, clearly, like the thing with like Ferris is so used to it working, like it just works out, right? Which was actually a brilliant part of the plot, mm-hmm. if you think about it. Because if you think about it, like, how are we going to make this work? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we need the Ferrari. Yeah, like well, it, it's a and brilliant you can see, plot. You can point. see exactly how he, how his brain works when he's like. Uh, when, uh, 
he says, uh, how many miles were on the odometer? Right. And then Cameron quotes it. And he's like, oh, shit. And like, then they're trying to drive it backwards. And it's like, Ferris, the miles are not coming off. And he goes, yeah, I figured that might be a problem. Like, I mean, you're like, you yeah, asshole. Yeah, that's totally. That, <laughs> yeah, I figured that, that might be a problem. <laughs> that right there was my brother. <laughs> that was, it's hysterical. Oh, well, like, you fucking like, jerk. What? Yeah, we'll figure it out later. It's going to be fine. Yeah, or someone will figure it out. I'll be yeah, gone. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, sure. Go figure it out. I always so sounds like Bueller was your brother. And oh you my were god, Cameron. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, if, yeah. If, oh, yeah. It he, sounds like Bueller was your brother. If if Ferris Bueller was not friends with Cameron. <laughs> yeah, literally, like I told you, if, if Bueller just beat up Cameron, he's the one that used to steal. I told. Uh, he's literally the one that used to steal the stuff from next door and then sell it. Right. Like all the magazines, I told the two guys, Chef, and uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. and like literally, he was doing that. Yeah, and that's just like really. And he was like eight and nine, so it was like that's that's his thing. You know what? A funny story. It did remind me of Warren, and he uh, he doesn't talk to me now, but it's um, complex family. Um, <laughs> right. It's. Uh, the thing is, I just remember he, I'd always be, uh, you know, summers or when I was a kid, like learning guitar, I was home from school and I'd be playing like Pretenders album slow so I could sure. learn it. And he'd come in and open my, hey, open my wallet, grab the money out. I was like, I'll get you later. And he'd leave. And he did that. So your brother would rob you? Well, he would come in and be like, I'm just going to borrow 20. Okay, you got 30. I'll take this. I'll give it back. I, really? Where are you going? He's like, don't worry about it. I got you. Stop being a baby. I got you. And then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it looks so like I got you. Yeah, years, <laughs> years, years right. and years of this. And I would ask him for the money back or any kind of money. Be like, Did he ever pay you back? No. It's like getting blood from a rock is yeah. what he would say. And so about 10 years ago, it was a big anniversary for my parents. He said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to book them, you know, at the plaza at a suite for three or four nights. Right. I'll put on my card and we'll all split it three ways. My sister, my brother and I. I'm like, perfect. I got you covered. And then he, like a month passed. He's like, you got to send me that check or something for that because it was thousands each. I was like, he's got blood from a rock, baby. And I hung up. <laughs> he was so pissed. Like, it was like my sister's like, what did you do to him? I was like, hey, it's blood from a rock, baby. It was payback. Like, yeah. It was like 30 years yeah, later. Yeah, exactly. 30 years later. But I felt so good. But yeah. I felt like there was an... Yeah, there that, was a, that's for all the thirty dollars you stole from yeah. me when I was a kid. Interest, dude. It was it <laughs> yeah. was consistent for years, sure. years, yeah. years. The thing is, there was, and I looked at that character, mm -hmm. and I said, "Oh my god, it's worth it." He just, it's just, I'm so smart. I know, have all the answers. Right. People love me so much, and I'm so charming. Right. It doesn't matter. Right. But it does. It catches up to you. Right. Like, yeah, so I, my my feeling is that, like, it sounds like your brother, I don't know your brother, obviously. So, like, it sounds like the story you're telling about your brother is, like, he is someone who would, uh, he was someone who would have liked to have thought of himself as Ferris Bueller. Yeah. yeah. Well, he just thought he, um, he, he had the answers for everything. Very cunning. Like, he can charm. Right. Get everything. And, um... That was the way it is, you know, right. and there was always a low level right. con going on. 
Right, because I, I, the, the idea I get from Ferris Bueller is that, like, he is a – like, you're saying he's not real. It's sort of like he is actually an amalgamation of everyone at their most confident – you know, as opposed to someone who's scamming their way through a transformation. Like he's an inspiration. Like he's a projection of like he's eighties Jesus. Yeah, exactly. He's he's trying he to. Won, he won. Yeah, he's, he's trying to get. He's eighties he, Jesus, man. Jesus, there was dude. no joke when I first started dating. And we've been together. We just had our anniversary. We're twenty four years. But when we first, I first took her back to Connecticut to my mm. parents' place, and we're walking through the property in Connecticut, just walking through and we pass this oak tree and you know oak trees grow yeah and in obviously because nature grows the shape of the, in which they grow yes right and in it on the side because of all the years all you see is the back end of scissors so the handle part mm -hmm. i was like oh my god those are the scissors worn through at me Oh, and, and Nancy looks at me. She's like, "Are you serious?" Like, yeah. It just it went, almost hit my head and went right into itself. and stuck in the tree, and oh, it stayed God. there. And the tree grew around it. That's and I was idea. like, "That look at that. It's the last part." I remember it's it almost, almost took my homicide. head out. It turned into a very sweet story. <laughs> oh, and she's like, "Your brother?" I was like, "Yeah." yeah, well, I, yeah. It's, I can't explain do? it now, but you'll meet him when he comes around. Left from a rock. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why I guess. But you know, with like first, you have like, to laugh at it now. Yeah, yeah of course. I, mean, I love the image of the scissors in the tree. That's pretty That's, cool. That's so funny. That's cool. Like your brother was pretty much like that character, and then my sister was pretty much the uh, the, the sister in, right. in, in in that in that movie. Right, right, right. Yeah, my sister was like that. It was always you guys, and he was always up to trouble, and he dragged me into it, and then I took the took the rap. Like when I got arrested, fuck. Okay. Damn. I was eleven. <laughs> you get arrested Tough at eleven, times, dude. Yeah. For uh, do you want to talk about it? No wonder why you uh, he arrested. literally was like, we used to take uh, pineapples or M80s and attach them to Class C rockets, so nice. we'd get pineapples of course, stick of dynamite on mm -hmm. Mott Street in Chinatown. Kind of experiment with them, and I and I just kind of liked. Uh, I was like, all right, it's my older brother, and you know, you right. you have an older brother you love and you look up to, and he was brave and he was athletic and good looking, mm -hmm. and uh, he's like, next thing that comes around the corner, you shoot it. And I was like, okay, okay, all right, I'll do it. Guess that's my job. I did it, and it was a cop car. Ah, <laughs> there it is. Yeah, there it is. That's how you get arrested when you're eleven, and that's how you get <laughs> sent away. But I wasn't like that. It just right. was like, it wasn't even. You know, I think because you you want somebody older to you 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 wanted your to earn your brother's respect and love and yeah it never it never even came close to that my entire life right. but I absolutely not but you wanted that and but I, all your brothers like well he's gonna get in trouble not me yeah exactly it I sends a, pit, a packed picture I love him dearly but he, this is I told Nancy when we like the story. I said, you see the lake on my parents' property in Connecticut? I remember playing um, – we used to play hockey, get mm -hmm. skates and go and play. And we were playing and I was probably nine, ten. And we were playing and he went to an area that's thin around logs. It get, mm -hmm. would get thin because the water wasn't freezing because the logs broke it up. And he went in and I pulled him out. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, thank you. He's wet. And he's like, oh, look at how – over there. And I said, where? Over there. And he pushed me in. And I got in and I had to crawl out of the ice and it was hard to get the fuck out of the ice. Sure. Was, got back. He's like, now we're both in trouble. And we went back and we both got in trouble. <laughs> and I was like, you, okay. Yeah. Man, oh man. Your yeah. brother's an asshole. <laughs> nah. I don't know him. I can't say. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> 
It's um, no, you still love your siblings, but there was definitely. I can, I can, for instance, I cannot see that in a Ferris Bueller movie. Like that's no, not, <laughs> that's oh, I see it in a. I see that in a John Hughes movie. That'd be in a John Hughes movie well, for sure. That'd be played I'm, by Bill Paxton. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. From, I shouldn't have weird science. There, yeah, we should. There's some scenes you probably have to cut out because right. I. I do love my brother, despite what he's going through right now. Uh, yeah, no, and, of course. I understand. I, I did, as a kid, as a, a young kid, want his uh, respect. And yeah, sure, of course. You were and, looking for it. And, and how, how much older was he than you? Two years. Two years. So that's a big, that's like a thing. It's like and he, yep. but he taught me about certain things. There's certain points in my life where he pulled me aside. I never would have been here if he didn't pull me aside and said, just go to California. Right. Or, you know, you got to do this. Yeah, it's important moments. And, but sure. then he would disappear for a while, right. a year. But the point is, those moments, um, you could say it's asshole, and I guess it is in a way. But if you – it wasn't like I was going to commit a crime for him. But I – well, I did. I shot a police car. But the, <laughs> but the point is, that was really – That crime. was so – I was like, all right. And he came around, and I hit it, and it spun out. And I was like, Fuck. <laughs> And, and we took the, the heat. We took, oh man, I had to do community <laughs> service, and I was my parents were so pissed. I'm Brutal. like, that's not the way I am. So I had to repaint the YWCA canary yellow. No, oh, and I basically Punishing. got a neck cramp like the first fucking day. Yep. And I was like, man, I was so pissed. I was really pissed. But I did, you know, my rec- I didn't get a record after. But the point is, I did my time, mm-hmm. and. I wasn't like a, cr- a criminal like that. I just – it was like when you're fooling around with your brother or you're just doing adventure. Screwing around. Screwing yeah. around. Yeah, no. But he always – I think the thing about what I identify with that is like, you know, we were just fooling around with fireworks, which every mm-hmm. kid did. Right. But he's like, dear, first car that comes around, you shoot it. But he pushes it. And that's yeah, when I yeah. saw Bueller like that. It's like, don't worry. Ah, it, if I, I thought so when the car right. couldn't back up. Yeah, I thought so. It's like you knew all along. Right. Why, I mean, would I, I, why would you do that? Yeah, like, and it's I, just think, because... I think Ferris Bueller, like, really honestly thinks that everyone, everything will work out. You know, like, he, he has he, has he the thinks best... he has everybody fooled. And for me, it's interesting because I was talking to an aunt, and he, she said the reason why what he's going through right now um, is because he just thought he had everybody fooled. Right. And there is no correction. Somebody... Did you ever see a movie? Um, uh, uh, How Harley movies I loved. Oh, well, of course, goes that saying. Um, uh, no, uh, with Matthew Broderick uh, and Reese Witherspoon called Election. Yes. Oh, I love oh, that man. movie. I always thought that was the weird, dark sequel to I told Ferris you Bueller. I worked with Matthew Broderick. Oh, you did? You I did? did. On what? I worked for him on a short film he did. That's where I hit his mother in the head with a table. Oh, you did. Oh, you me. did. I tell all about it. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Ow. I was really. That election was. was Amazing! Oh, it's great, yeah, great it's film. a really, great really film. good film. And he plays such a great scumbag in that thing. And he's stung by the bee, and his eyes all like swollen up. And oh my god, I, lo- I love he's, him. He's well, he's a War Games too. Was he's, oh, he's wonderful. Uh, War, War Games, Games yeah. is amazing. Yeah. But uh, he's a semi scumbag. He's he's pathetic. He's pathetic. He's simply pathetic. Like he has no ethical or moral compass at all. As much as he talks about ethics and morals in the beginning of the movie, yes. yeah. But that's he fails but his them. character, though. Hold on a second. His character in Election Bueller, mm-hmm. oh yeah, with just a little bit more higher stakes, mm-hmm. it's unethical. Like yeah, when he I lies so. about, oh, which is I, the whole point. Yeah, of oh, my I know. sister's argument is like it's a story about a kid who skips school. I, yeah, but I, it's not so much skipping school for me. But that whole con, like, yeah, I knew what you'd be 
back, you know, if you backed up. That right. response was exactly the kind of bullshit he would do. Right. I think I, I get the feel. Like, oh, I think yeah. That, I like, knew that if you did this. I think would... I can understand that it, it, your experience with your brother inevitably colors how you see Ferris Bueller. I think that Ferris Bueller himself and the reason why he feels unreal is because he is like a magical fairy creature who means good. And like it's not realistic. There aren't too many. There aren't people in the world like Ferris Bueller. But I think that like yeah, there like, is a border that it's like there. But you, I think you nailed it earlier with not Peter Pan, but like a puck. There's yeah. something. I mean, about, he's definitely fucking with people all the yeah, time. Yeah, but there's about. something mischievous but loving. And yeah, he's a caring personality yeah. in this in this movie. Don't and, get it wrong. My brother's a caring person. Oh yeah, no, I didn't mean said. I mean like, besides he's, the like, ice incident and, and yeah. the M80 incident. <laughs> like like you're like, taking my money. It sounds like the, those Look, are kind of funny actually. The story is kind of oh funny. God. Shitty for you. Sorry about that. Good story, though. Kind of funny. Yeah. The, uh, oh, God. <laughs> he sadistically beat me about the head and neck for years. I'm telling you, dude, it was like. Yeah, that's rough. That's a little rougher. That's a different movie. I think it's a different movie. But I yeah, just remember like once. Very I, rural Tenenbaums. Dad. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, isn't it? Like I literally yeah. remember going to his dorm room in prep school and it was all my shit. Like yeah, my goes, albums, and he fuck? took he took everything from my room, and I was like, and I got home, I was like, it's gone. He and took he's it. Like I get laid with this stuff all the time. It's amazing. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Oh my god. Yeah. He's like no, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. Yeah. Like he sounds, and and I don't know him at all, so I don't mean any actual offense, but he sounds more like one of the Bill Murray's sons in Rushmore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're like, yeah. oh man. <laughs> Never in all of my years would I imagine that I would have children like these. <laughs> no, he they they were like unimaginative. He, yeah, he was. Yeah, a, he was yeah, right. he was a little bit of Ferris Bueller right. and a little bit of Charlie Sheen. Right. Okay. And, I get you. Um, th- that's where it was. Yeah. But and um, I think if I think for his angle, it's like if he didn't beat me up, then uh, I won't say what he said at my wedding. But if he didn't beat me up, then he wouldn't. Yeah. Basically, he he beat the shit out of me because he thought it was good for me. Um, and all these yeah. lessons were good oh, lessons. The ice lesson. Huh. That's right. I really learned something. Man, it was hard getting <laughs> out of that ice. Like gripping that hole and getting out. And he stood there and he's like, you can do it. You can do That's it. That's right. Well, <laughs> he was there yeah. in case you needed it. Yeah. yeah. Get but out. he needed it because he was there. <laughs> so he was it served two purposes. One, right. push me in. To get out of trouble. Right. Two, to teach you a lesson. Right. Uh, and, and, and make you a stronger person. Right. Yeah. What was the lesson, do you think? Don't trust your brother. <laughs> that hypothermia <laughs> sets in after five minutes, and you really have to get out of there fast and don't grip the ice because you won't be able to do it with your hands like That's this on the edge true. of the ice. I do That's remember I couldn't get that grip, and I was trying to like do it, and I had to reach for a log. Yeah. I distinctly remember that moment, and yeah. it was fucking cold. Yeah. You learned. And you have skates on, so it's a little That's bit heavier because you have Bauer skates on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've, I've, uh, I've falling through the ice is one of my great uh, terrors. Ever you hear that? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I fell through the ice uh, um, when I was a kid in just a little pond. I like, felt like a foot you know, to the bottom of the pond. But it was just like the the sensation of falling through was like nightmares for years. Oh, absolute, yeah. Absolute nightmares. Though. I went to – so I had, when I was in college mm-hmm. – um, I, oh, while while I was in uh, outdoor track, indoor track, and cross country, mm-hmm. right? I did all three seasons, and I was constantly in practice. Apparently, I did not have enough 
"Quote unquote PE credits to graduate." What? Right. So, so I needed to take like X credits, even though all of those counted for credits. I still need to take "quote unquote" some credits to graduate right. college. Right. And then I found out that I could take certain classes that are like this is a one day thing right. of some excursion, and you will get all the credits you need to graduate. Right. So I signed up for it like. You know, months and months in advance, and it was whitewater rafting, oh, right? Yeah. And so I signed up for that, uh, and it was going to be literally in the spring of my senior year. Right. I'm like, all right, signed up for that. Cost me, you know, fifty dollars or whatever the hell the, the fee was, mm-hmm. and then I'll get my credits to, to graduate college, literally. And it turns out that in '93 uh, we had in upstate New York we had a massive blizzard. And then in the, you know, obviously in the spring of '93, that means all that fucking snow melted mm-hmm. and caused Class Five rapids. Oh yeah, intense. Where we were about sure. to go rafting, right? And so I, um, they told us like, um, so be careful. <laughs> Do not wear anything cotton. Because it gets cotton, heavy. Cotton will actually freeze on your body and yep. cause death. Yep. And the water temperature is actually about 25 degrees mm-hmm. because it's super it's salty. super cold mm-hmm. and uh, it doesn't freeze because of the, the how fast yeah, it's right. turning. That's right. Not the salt turning. Uh, and so, uh, so we had us in wetsuits and wool. So right. I'm wearing like wool sweaters, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm terrified uh, – going through this process. And, and because the, it's moving, it also sucks the heat out of you faster. That's right. That's the other thing. And so uh, what I found out is that I actually fell into the river very quickly, like mm. in the first like 10 minutes because I'm clumsy. And uh, my wetsuit created a, a water barrier mm-hmm. of insulation and everyone else who hadn't fallen in mm-hmm. – we're freezing. I was warm. Warm as hell. Warm as hell. <laughs> and I can't, yeah. So That's the funny. water created this insulation. That's for me. right. But I do remember that initial shock, Eric. Oh, like going in. Terrifying, man. Yeah. I feel like you. full on yeah. into 25 degree water. Yep. I'm talking Fahrenheit. Yeah. And yep. the testes retraction is, is oh instantaneous. Yeah, it's, it's instantaneous. It's right beneath your eyeballs. Yeah. 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 They were, yeah. They were treated to my esophagus. Yes, exactly. For sure. Yeah, hang on here. Your cheeks. Hold on over here. here. Keep them so safe. Bad. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh, yep. my God. Yep. Yeah. No, that's uh, like a s- scared. Uh, you're not going to put the uh, arrest record thing as one of the lead ins. The what? My arrest record thing? Yeah. Please don't. I'm not going to put the arrest record. As my intro, as the intro. No, no, no. But I definitely- I, can keep I, it in the podcast. Oh, yeah. But okay. the point is, I it's definitely, I. it definitely was a, a, a interesting moment in my relationship with my brother because I basically served time for- you took the you took a pinch. I think that's you took what he a pinch said like to a man. me. That's what he <laughs> you said. That's not, what he, you didn't serve time. You did community. I did service, service but yeah. he said when you're eleven, you're serving. He, time, but he man. grabbed like me by the arm giant. when the cops were putting me in the car, and he said, "Do the right thing and don't talk." That's right. And I said, "He's like fuck. He's a mobster." And I said, "He's like you're you're not going to snitch." I said, "Okay," and I got in the back of the car. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I was nine a ten. 
Nine, eleven, eleven? Uh, no, no, I was nine. Brady's was 11. age. You're talking about my son's. No, no, age. it was ten, ten or eleven. Yeah, and I was like, "That's ridiculous." I know. Dude, like your the, your version of if Ferris Bueller started your brother, it would be. Uh, but it didn't mean I'm a petty criminal. I just I just did something he asked me to do because we yeah. were fumbling around with flower, and I was like, "Car? What?" And he's like, "There's a car coming. You can hear it." I'm like, "Really?" And I was like, "All right, light it." And it's like, psh, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was bam. Boom. The right timing now. was wrong. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. I nailed it. But there were always moments like there was a between our house and our neighbor's house who I, I've written about. There was a huge hill, right? And you would say, "Get here on your skateboard and go all the way down," but go on the side where the car's coming up, right? And dare you to do it. And I'd be like, oh. and "I would do it." And I guess I have to. <laughs> I suppose I must. Well, you know what? I'd, it's my brother. Well, no, I think what he was doing. It, he was always trying to make you tougher. Right. No, I, I can. I see that. I see the logic that's going on in his mind. And so for me, there's some moments. Or was he trying to freaking taunt you? Yeah. It like, was a little bit of both. Brothers I'll are be complicated. Like yeah, this. it was yeah. complicated. Yeah. But I, um, and it wasn't like, you know, Pope of Greenwich Village adoration, Eric Roberts to, right. to Mickey Rooney. Super McCann, Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. But there was definitely like you, there were definitely like skateboarding like that. It was. It was fucking upsetting. Right. I mean, it was steep hill, and right, I did crazy, it. Sure. And it's crazy, and you get the high speed wobbles. But man, I did it. Yeah. And well, you know, because like, the main thing is, I mean, the mechanic happens between boys anyway that aren't related. That kind of, same kind of stuff. It is you at know, that age. Absolutely true. Absolutely and true. when you have somebody who's hyper, he went off to go work on Wall Street. So when right. you have somebody that hyper, uh, semi criminal, right? It's like, it's yeah, and man. And guess what? He, oh, you went into derivatives, by the way. So mm. it, does it say everything? Interesting. Yeah, right. It's case study. And uh, it's definitely, I look back at those years like, holy Christ. What was I thinking going down the hill? Oh, man. Yeah, well, you remember it, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's burnt in. Burnt in. It's I true. did weird shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like when you're, when you're uh, like, I don't know what it's like for little girls, but I definitely observed many little boy friends of mine doing what I look back on now as incredibly dangerous, stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> like it's insane. I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? But what, what did I think I was doing? Oh yeah. <laughs> like I mean, and I think that's just part, like the chemicals hit your brain. You're just like, yeah, I'm just going to jump off of this thing for some reason. See what happens. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Brain. <laughs> Good yeah. Job, brain. Yes. yes. But yeah, there's, it's definitely, um, I did some cliff diving off of stuff that I should not have been doing. Oh, yeah. Sure. Jumped off stuff. Like when I was living in Greece, I was like, just jump off this fucking cliff. Yep. Turns out the water was not deep enough. Oh. Uh, you get to the <laughs> kind bottom. Of a, kind of a requirement for cliff diving. <laughs> <laughs> you get to the bottom really quick. Right. So right, you right. basically like as you get to the bottom, like get ready to like hit your head right. at the bottom of the sand. Luckily, it was sand. Right. That's That's true. Take some of the impact off. But uh, basically, like, dove off a cliff mm -hmm. into water. It was probably about eight feet, nine feet. Mm, that is not enough. Not enough. That's not enough. That's like, that wants you, because you want to go about 
20 or 25. Yeah. yeah. You want to basically yeah. just go brrr, yeah. and then make a nice little S curve yeah. out of it. You don't want to go kabam. Oh, that's my head hitting yeah. the sand. Exactly. Because that's more like falling it, about 10 feet onto your face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's a little bit closer. That's stupid. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck was I thinking? Oh, man. Yeah. I, I am a very tentative man in comparison to my younger days. Oh. Absolutely. Thankfully. I, enjoy I being actually tentative. feel like, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm much much happier. Um, uh, uh, Especially not now that I have siblings. Like, don't do that. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or kids. Kids. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can don't see that, that spark in the eye. Yeah. Oh boy. But you know the thing is, like, you have you've uh, you have a little boy, but you also have a um, a black belt uh, little girl. Mm-hmm. Not so little. She's kicking people in the face. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> and you know what? You know what's really cool about her is that um, she's cool with her bruises like that's, that's the cool. way to be man absolutely yeah. Like, that's yeah, the way to be. yeah i got i got kicked in the head tacos yeah yeah you and showed us the video where she kicked that kid's ass yeah, yeah. put him down what was really Smack. pathetic dan and i just want to say this because i'm not i said just... chris is you can see at the side of the video chris is betting with the other fathers it's I me mean, oh, i was <sighs> i won a lot of money that it was disgraceful i didn't realize what a solid bet that was <laughs> Yeah. You deserve to clean up on that. I, I, I was not yeah. up to fighting weight. <laughs> yeah. Now she's fucking doing – she's doing great. She's doing great. She's kicking ass. Yeah. That's pretty impressive, dude. Pretty impressive. I did I not was... – and that's something that was not – like when we joined karate mm-hmm. for, with her, it was like never going to happen. Right. That was – she was in the danger zone of like, ah, oh, fear, 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 fear. And now she's like – I can take anything. Hey, yeah. hold on a question. Did you tell her to take it to get more confidence or did she say I want to do it? Interesting point. I thought about asking you that off air, but I'm going to ask you on air. Okay. Actually, Much like your super tip Thursday, Tuesdays or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, super just, tips. Thank, thank super you. tip Tuesday. Girth, girth, tip, just, girth tip Tuesday. Just the tip Tuesday. Uh, uh, basically, actually, it was one of Brady's friends who had joined the gym. And so Brady wanted to go and Lily was interested in going. And so uh, she went to see it and she goes, that sounds cool. I'll do it. And she just wants to join things. She just wants to be part of something yeah, at the time. Right. And so she joined. And then what was interesting that happened is that Brittany joined and he still has all of his friends that he knows from the dojo. But he really didn't connect with the dojo at a certain point. And he's like, I just don't think I want to do this anymore. Right. And we were totally cool with that. And so he quit and he's now doing something else. But Lily connected with older girls mm-hmm. that were like, you know, a year to four years older than her that were like total kick-ass girls yeah. and became sort of mentors to her. That's amazing. And That's because great. of the dojo attitude, right. they were like – embracing her yeah. and like come here and like we're going to help you be a stronger person and she's like gravitated and like that's amazing she that's needed great. that right yeah. she needed mentors that were like not her parents or anything yeah. else that's, right? and it's the perfect uh, like that's the perfect age difference right. Know, right and so they brought her to that level where she's like my goal is to be like a, a kick-ass black belt right. in one of the hardest forms of karate possible right and she's done that and she went from like she would cry if you said anything too loud to her mm-hmm. to now 
like you can kick her in the head, knock her on the ground, and she's going to get back up and kick you in the yeah, head again. I wish I knew Joan about Jett. that. Yeah, exactly. I didn't have to, sh- you know, skateboard down a hill. Right. So but she, now she, you can. she, she, she. I do mean, it. she's graduated <laughs> from that, and she does that, and like I've seen, <laughs> I've seen her get like it's hard to see as a parent. It's hard to really see your thirteen-year-old daughter just like get kicked in the face, get kicked in the <laughs> face, and like oh, I'm glad that uh, that's true. I'm glad it's hard for you to watch your daughter. It get is kicked in the really face. <laughs> hard to see that. <laughs> that's a because in the in the beginning it was hard to see her just like like. Being slightly touched and crying, uh-huh. and I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry, Lily." I'm like, "Oh," it, and now that's like, a hard. Now, now I see her like, bam, like knockdown solid. Dude. I told yeah. you when that Definitely you you get into this thing where you, it's really it's you don't want to be a helicopter parent. I know, and you worry like it's when that person like with six months ago broke into our house while we were home. Ugh. Oh, I didn't know that. That's freaky. I told you that. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Didn't I? I don't think so. Yeah, the guy. Some the doors were open, and we were. I was sketching, she was sketching, and the dogs were going crazy. And I look out in the patio in the backyard, and that was strange. And there was a guy there, and he was trying to get into the side door to do a grab, quick cash grab, or like laptops were out and stuff. And so our dining room door was open, our kitchen door was open, and I go out again. I'm like. Something's wrong. So I go to the front and I see a bike on the side and I see this fat chick like doing like circles, like football field lanes. I was Jeepers. like, that's the spotter. Uh, and so I go back in. I was like, and they're like, somebody's outside. I can hear them outside. I was like, everybody upstairs. And I grabbed a bat and I went outside and I hid in the bush. And when this fucking guy came out, I went ballistic. I beat the shit out of his bike. I went after the girl. But I went ballistic and as my daughter said, you went beast mode because I literally was <laughs> like, own. you violated my space. And that's oh, what I told yeah, him. I said, you insanely. violated yeah. my space and you just lose control. Yeah. Yeah. Lose control. Yeah. And I can only imagine. That's and my neighbor's crazy. up at the second window, Willie, and he's like, good job, Eric. And I was like, hey, you got a gun. How come you're not backing me up here? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, I'm going to back you up now? That's sort of taking it to the next level. <laughs> he does. He has yeah. a lot of guns. Yeah. And yeah. so I was like, why don't you, you know, come out and help me here or at least, like, come down and protect me? Yeah. But the point is you do get um, – I w- this guy was in our house. Yeah, that's crazy. That and then really I called really the police really and they came 45 minutes later. Oh, they 45 yes. minutes later? He was in our house because I swear I was in the dining room or in our living room. It's a home I, invasion situation. I heard – I was like, God. Is it me or do- and the dogs are our chihuahuas are going burr, 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 and they're all pointing at one Same area place, yeah. and they're like nervous <laughs> and then they start hiding under tables and I'm like right. okay I look outside that's weird and then I see a gate open I'm like somebody's here and then I look around the side he was like in the bushes and he was trying to get <laughs> in my house but he was in our kitchen yeah. at the time that nope. I went Don't I like was I was it. violated yeah and well, it, you know what I mean you get you feel violated yeah. I will tell you this uh, I live in Burbank. Which is, uh, you know, it's the 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 city of chain restaurants. Mm-hmm. You know, the the the, the PF Changs and the Outback Steakhouse. There's not much fancy stuff going on there. Right. Really? But I will tell you this: 
If someone try to get into my house, I will guarantee you the cops will be there in about three minutes. Yeah, yeah. instantaneously. <laughs> 45 <laughs> minutes, 46 yeah, minutes. 45, 45 minutes. That's yeah, and great. you know what they told me? They said if I had stressed more that it was a home invasion, yeah, really, they fault. would have come. It's your fault. They threw it back on me, which I said, really? You're throwing it back on me? Yeah, and yeah. I literally was like, we would not what? have stopped and got you coffee. Oh, do you want my coffee? <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I literally, like, coffee, I was, I, I was in my backyard. He's, I was in my backyard. So my, my, my neighbor, like, just over my little hill, right? My neighbor, just like, just across uh, next property, their their house alarm was going off, right? Right, and I was thinking, it's like the house alarm's going off. I don't know what's going on. But I would tell you this, that if my house alarm was going off, I would hope that my neighbor would call to say this house alarm is going off. That's right. Show concern. Because otherwise, I'll be going to do the same thing. So I said – I called the cops, Burbank police, and Mm -hmm. I said, hey, they're just calling, not 911, literally Burbank police, which Mm -hmm. I was told to do, by the way, is like – just go directly yeah, to, right to the cops. Get right to the cops. Then one just going to call the cops. Yeah. yeah. It's like, so, and then like, okay, it's like, where are you? It's like, I was like, do you hear it? And I put that, it's like, yes, we hear the alarm. Okay. And they were literally there in two minutes. The right. cops were there in two minutes. Oh, that's, that's and they were good. like, taxes at work. That's nice. And then they were like joking about, like, you know, the kids should go in. Like, they, they were in my backyard with the kids, and right. they're like, Joking with the kids, like, shouldn't you be in bed? It's like, you know, 1030 or whatever, yeah, right, like right. to the kids. And the kids were like, oh, the cops are here. Right. But they were being there. Like they were – They were present. They're doing that's what That's the thing. is like Burbank yeah. is a small town but within – But that's yeah. great. I didn't get that. I understand that. Where you're in like so, Miracle so Mile the point, the, point, yeah. the right. point being is like – The guy was in my house, dude. And I know crazy. I shouldn't have attacked him with a bat, but I was no, so – No, that's okay. You I was so fucking pissed. So I joke about <laughs> – I was like, really pissed. I, I joke no, about no, the, no, like, the, 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 the crappiness of Burbank in terms of the, the cultural significance of what that town is. Yeah. But the cops are there in three minutes. That's true. I know. And so you put up with chilies and you have good, good cop service. Your family right, is right, safe. Yeah. This guy came into our house while we were there. Oh my god! Yeah, Fuck tell that. you what, better Baseball yet, <laughs> better yet, better yet. Really Cross the street from me, uh-huh. retired police sheriffs. Oh, two nice. of them lived in that house for forty-five years. Beautiful. That's nice. Yeah, I'd say Chuck and Patty Norris. Hey, Chuck and Patty Norris. Norris. Hey, Chuck Norris. Yes. <laughs> Can't beat that. I live across the street from Chuck Norris. Retired sheriff. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Chuck Norris. I, I'm surprised that he's not a Texas Ranger, but still a Burbank Ranger. Yes, but you guys have a private police. That's part of Burbank, like Culver City is. It's not yeah, part no, of- Yeah, no, it's its own city. That's right. Culver City is like that, yep. and they have their own cops. Yep. But I'm part of- you know, LAPD. Dingbat USA, and it's fucking douchebags take 45 minutes when the guy was I in know, my that's house. The, that's yeah, what we're I, chatting up some folks that's outside what, the LA. Actually, I should have stressed more on the call. That's yeah. what I'm- That's what I'm- It was horrible. It's really your fault I mean, to get invaded like that. Why are you wasting their time? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> what are you calling us for, buddy? It's and your I, house. <laughs> I had the bat in my hand, and the guy was looking at me because I wouldn't let go of the bike. I said, my family was in there. Right. And and you're trying to rob me while well, my family, it's like my daughter. Yeah. What is the matter with you, man? 
Um, I have no moral compass. Yeah. It was so upsetting. <laughs> I need money for, I need, for food. Uh, okay. Possibly. All right. So that's justified then, I guess. For, no, it doesn't. That's right. It, it's complete bullshit. And uh, I would, you know, if he had knocked on the door and said, I need 10 bucks, I've given a lot of homeless people money. But to come into my home. Yeah, you my, don't get, no one gets to come into your house and take things. That's no. That's and sneaking happen. around. And I literally walked out. He was hiding. In the I bushes. just don't understand, like, the mentality of a person is like, hey, you know what we should do? We should just roam around houses and steal laptops. Like, <laughs> well, you, it's a, it's a grab. Do. It's a fast grab, and you can Something get a lot of money for it. So, what they'll do, and they do it in the neighborhood, right. is they get a spotter who I spotted, the fat chick who I went after. And I said, I said first of all, you're really heavy, so mm-hmm. you gotta lose some weight with yeah. with blue hair yeah. and um, <laughs> she didn't like that. But I, I, I definitely was I like, I think that's entirely fair to say because you were being robbed by her. I was like, God, like, you are we don't have fat. to be sensitive what about her. Matter? Look at how fat you are. You cannot be sensitive about her in the circumstance. And I was like, Christ yeah. Almighty, you're yeah. fat, uh, ugly. It's like, don't fat shame the person who's I trying to break into a, your house and steal I everything. I fat-shamed the fat chick on the bike. I was like, what? You're the spotter? You're a fat chick on a bike. What's That's the right. matter with you? And I was like, Christ. So, yeah. What? Just to give people a, a picture here. Yeah, like bear, I'm, bear, bear on a bicycle. Yeah. I'm oh, not. yeah. But the thing was, I they do that, meaning they get a spotter. People are at dinner right. and they leave. The, it was a cool night. And if you can come in through the side gate- and just kind of, you see a laptop in the kitchen, which my wife keeps in the kitchen, but now we have to keep everything upstairs mm-hmm. and you just grab it. Yeah. Yep. So that's gone. And then it's a brand new Mac laptop or a laptop yeah. and you just resell it. And you, even if you made 300 bucks, it's $300 yep. and you don't realize it's gone. But the problem was, is he didn't realize we had chihuahuas. So they started going ape shit excitable. and he panicked and hid in the house. And then he panicked, ran out and hid in the bushes because I cornered him without even knowing I was cornering him. You know what Jump I mean? Chihuahuas. That's what I got to say. Chashu and Lucy, man. Yes. They're like That's little bark. radar dishes. That's but right. you know the bark and stuff when yeah. they're hiding under and they're all next to each other. They're like, ears something's and going, fucked up. Rrr, 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 rrr. It's like, okay, something's wrong. Yeah, something's <laughs> wrong. like, South. are they hungry? I was like, no, something's wrong. No. <laughs> It's like something's wrong. That's like that's like it's alarm system. That's right. Uh, uh, that's right. But yeah, they're good for that. That's right. Because they can their hear. Job. Th- they earn their keep. That's you fine. can sometimes like like Chosh and Lucy will just stand there and they'll walk through the house with their heads turned and they'll all walk up to a wall by the fireplace and they'll stare at the wall and kind of follow it up. So there's like a mouse or something in yeah, the wall, and, tracking it. and so they could track it like through yeah. by the arch, and they're kind of like looking around. Like, oh, yeah. here it is! And you can just watch them. Like, okay, there's a mouse in the wall. Yeah, they yeah, know it. They can see it's it. amazing, though. Yeah. No, it's I amazing. I think it's. I think I. Would, well, I meant. Chuck. I was just telling a story about a Great Dane that I used to know. So when I was a kid, there was this Great Dane. I used to go uh, to the uh, uh, of uh, south of France, and he would walk around the. Fields like the 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 farm fields for field mice, mm-hmm. and he would walk around and he would basically like stop. Big dog, Great Dane, right? His ears would go down, and he would hear the field mice traveling under the earth. Yes, tunnels and whatnot, tunnels and stuff. And he would wait for it. And he would be completely still, wait for it to be like right underneath him, and then he would just jump up in the air. Yeah, and Pounce down, yeah, right. Just to like create a vibration in the no. ground that would shock the field mouse to come out, and then he would eat the mouse. That's like pretty there good is deal. a fox that does that in the Arctic. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. The, because you know, those fox jumps, then they go. Dung, yeah, and they'll, they'll sit there, down. and it takes a long time, but they'll. Uh, they're Arctic foxes, but they have very big ears. Yeah, yeah. And they stand there, and then they'll go up six feet. Yeah. And they go up, and they come right down Straight into the down. snow pack. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and they'll come out with a mouse. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So they'll hear stuff. it here, and they slowly, and they'll stop and wait until something comes. And then they, they spring up like four, oh, five, yeah, six yeah, feet and come right uh, down yeah. with a torpedo. I actually, pardon me, I, I love doing this with my cat because like uh, you know, we have these you know, you know, dangly toys on rods and what and make them jump around. And the, the brilliance of it, well, like I love uh, finding new ways to activate in a formerly unused program in the cat's brain <laughs> because like they don't, it's not like they learn to do this. They just, it's, it's pre-built mm-hmm. and then the, the, it just happens. So like he'll do that kind of fox jump on something when you sneak in it. Like, and he's never done it before. And you can tell that he's like, I have never done that before. And like, suddenly it's just like, what the fuck was that? Like, I just got possessed. How did I get that? <laughs> superpower. Thing, exactly. Like they can't, they cannot help it. I always say like the difference between dogs and cats is like dogs seem really dumb because they're actually very smart animals. Yes. But they're not as smart as people. So we see they're, they're trying, but they're not getting there. Whereas cats seem smart because they have like a thousand preloaded programs to react to whatever. But when you run up against, when you trigger something in them that they've never done before, they flip out. Like they don't know what to do at all. And they start spazzing out and running around in a circle. So your chihuahua, what's, that, what's the... Chashu, Chashu? And, and Lucy. And Chashu was the one who was in here, right? Yeah. Yeah, Chashu. I'll bring him back. Mr. Great, Chashu. Chashu is amazing. Like that, I think... 16. That that dog like didn't do it because it was simply a reaction. Did it because it cared about the family. It wanted to protect. And, and like it made an intelligent choice. And uh, and that's a good story. That makes me happy about Joshua. I think Joshua is amazing. Oh yeah, good little dude. Yep. But he, he it, got you out there with a bat. He's <laughs> like, please go take care. But of the he was talking about how you you, you kind of go into parent mode, and that's basically what I did. Sure. But I just, it was crazy, dude. I literally just lost myself for like four minutes, like. Yep hunting this guy down because I was like, I cannot believe you're in my house. Oh God. I can't even imagine what that feels like. That's horrible. That's horrible. Fucking douche. Yeah. I was like, what? what? Yeah. Yeah. No, all the forgiveness. And then my kid, up. my, my wife and daughter are screaming. They're upset. Yep. They're scared. Sure. Sure. But it 45 minutes thanks, later, thank thanks God. for the, thanks yeah. for the cops. 45 yeah. minutes later, literally 46 minutes. Took care of business. I should have spoken how loud. Yeah, obviously should have, <laughs> should have stressed that it was a little bit more urgent. That you're, to, you know, being uh, assaulted in uh, your own home. It's crazy. <laughs> Don't be so polite next time. We'll, we'll, I know. we'll get right there. We'll get right to it. Oh well. <laughs> and there oh, we have. Oh well. That was a, this has been a wonderful digression from Ferris Bueller. I think this is. Uh, it got a little dark. Yeah, no, I think it's. From, Actually, I think it was a really good podcast. Oh, it's yeah, very because we basically talked. Oh, I did. Mm. That was fantastic. You that did was well. Very fascinating. Very fascinating. Yeah, I, sort of, such a I usually don't talk movie. about my, my life, but there was definitely parallels with my brother. Oh, yeah. I understand. I know. That's good. Movies. I think that's, there's parallels that everyone needs to explore with Ferris Bueller, Ferris Bueller. and their own lives. That's right. Right? That's right. It's not. It, this isn't 16 Candles. No, it's a it's a it's a richer, deeper experience. It's, right, it is a sixteen a, candles is like meh. Yeah, no, it's a fun, it's movie. funny. It's Although cool. I have my own little theories about sixteen candles, <laughs> being it all a little date rapey and rem- stuff. I, it I'll is, tell you, uh, quite date rapey. There was a story. Uh, there is a story I'll tell you after. I won't say it on the air, but <laughs> right. I do remember like now that 
I've been drinking and listening, thinking. I remember once my brother's like, we're going to go see this guy. And he knows him. He's a fashion photographer. And so I go with him. All right, I'll go with you. And we go. And it's uh, downtown. Beautiful loft. Big. Mm-hmm. And he went off with this guy. And he says, I'm going to leave you here with Frank. Nice. And I was like, okay. Sounds good. Frank comes out. And he's got a black robe on. with, mm-hmm. And he looks... When I saw Sexy Beast with Ray Winston, oh there you go, oh, yeah. nice. I was like, "Oh my God, that's Frank." Frank uh, worked with; uh, he took care of certain things for Keith Richards, mm. like uh, care of certain, yeah, yeah. And so he was a Scott Metzger of Keith Richards. Yeah, he was a. <laughs> and I just remember coming in, grabbing coffee, and I'm like, "New York," and where's that there? And I'm like, "Hi." going on i'm frank i was like hi frank look <laughs> at a time magazine like back to reading how old were you at this time what was that? oh 16 oh my god all right <laughs> somehow that's even more dangerous to me. <laughs> that's even worse but I, when i saw sexy beast i'm like oh my god that's frank that's frank look the black it was like wash black same slick back hair and right. it's just you know cigarette in hand right where'd they go no, no, don't, don't, I'm, I'll just hang out here. I'm okay. Thanks. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Starts playing Sister Christian in the background. No, it was just disappeared <laughs> down the hallway. Uh, I'm Frank. Throwing firecrackers. That's nice. Don't talk to Frank so much, okay, Eric? <laughs> oh, let's just talk to Frank. Who's Frank? <laughs> yeah, good times. Good times. Right. Well, I have uh, no crime-related stories to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I can just say that uh, it was very important in my Don't eye. stick that crime. It was one incident in my life. Yeah, that no, it. that's right. No, no crime. No crime. Just a... By the way, I have to say... Rich, rich storytelling. But the beautiful side of the flip side, and I'll, we'll go on this. I do remember, like, I used to travel... Have you ever been arrested or gotten into trouble with the law? Not in any serious way, no. The, no. Most, the, the, the most that has ever happened to me... Mm-hmm was it was stupid it was the most stupid thing ever i was freshman maybe no i was definitely a freshman actually Mm -hmm. uh in 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 college so i was underage because it was it was 21 when 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 i was at college to to drink Mm -hmm. and uh i was supposed to there was a girl who was interested, and she said she was going to go to this bar, but she was older than me, so she was over 21. Nice. And I was trying to figure out how I was going to go meet her at this bar because I knew I couldn't get in because I was underage. Right. And so I took my college ID, mm-hmm. and I took a letter set. Oh, now we're talking, yeah. And yeah. etched in uh, new uh, I put dates. A, put a new number for my for my uh, uh, birth year and I showed up at the fucking bar and the guy looked at my ID uh, and he's like, huh. And then he took his finger and went, scratch, scrape, scrape. (laughs) And then he's like, thanks a lot. See you later. And I'm like, oh, no. Fuck. At which point, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. And then I get a uh, a call because small small college town got a call from my dean. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, uh, yeah, we have your ID that you tried to use to get into a bar, mm-hmm. 
and uh, that's going to be a problem. And then I get a call from the police that's saying, you have a warrant for your arrest. Oh, God. <laughs> really? Jesus. Yeah. Man. But it was really like Letraset crimes. <laughs> you gotta go to the you gotta go to the courthouse. Right. The and I had to like deal with this situation. I'm like, oh fuck. And I and and then I was in the cross country team, right? Mm-hmm. And so I told my coach this, I'm like and I'm like, I got this situation and he's like, I I'm gonna go with you. I'm like, okay. But I didn't know what the fuck I was gonna do. So yeah. I go to, I show up to the courthouse, I figured like, do I have to fill out some paperwork, what am I gonna do? Like no, you're in court now. Like yeah. I had to appear in front of a judge, yeah, for real, small Whoa. town judge, Dude. right? And that good, then that judge is a former graphic designer, and he knows exactly what you're doing. You use Letraset, <laughs> but you use a Sansara. Everybody then, knows that and you use my, a Sansara. So, so my, so my, so my, <laughs> two years. So my coach was with me, and he was ama- He was. I'm so glad he was there, and he's an amazing person. So he was just sitting there. He, he's actually an assistant coach, but he was sitting there in the background, like. I just got to make sure he's cool. And I'm like, uh, you actually have to give us $50 for doing this or you have to go to jail. Oh, my God. And like, I don't, I, don't have, I don't have the money on me because I was a college student. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Right. And my coach was like, I, I have him covered. He was in the back of the fucking oh, courtroom. So you know how we got out of it? He blew the judge. That's and it. That, that's no, no, my, 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 <laughs> my coach gave me the money, right and he paid me the money. He's like, I'll pay you back. It's like, Just the I'll pay Tuesdays. you back. <laughs> it's <laughs> Tuesday, too. <laughs> I just remember that. It's like, I was, it was one of those little moments of like, you're going to have to go to jail just to tip Tuesday. <laughs> That's yeah. how it goes, man. <laughs> I got to tell you, I Sorry. didn't run into that problem. Life of crime. And you, here's the deal. You know how I, I could I never ran into that problem. It's a stupid situation. You know how she I wasn't ne- worth it either. Well, no, but it's worth it. Absolutely. I never ran into that. I remember the story. It's worth it yeah, for the story. It's totally I worth nev- it for the podcast. I never ran into that problem because the flip side of my relationship with my brother is my brother had one made. I look. You sent a photo of you to you guys yeah. when I was 21. I look like I was nine when I was six, seventeen. He had one professionally made, altered for me, and I used that <laughs> under Stephen. Right, and I, I went everywhere. And was it was it using a, a photo of uh, my of photo? Jack it was palettes. No, it was, <laughs> but it was literally me, but right. with like new, uh, like New York State, perfect. Right, right. Complete fabrication, top top end. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. That's a lot of work. Well, no, somebody did it for. Yeah. And he's like this. Year, was it the one where you basically have a giant, pick, like a, a like a f- full sized, no driver's license where you put your head in there because there were people. No, who used this to do was that. this was a fake driver's license yeah. with my photo, but then it also had the stripes across it mm-hmm. that said New York State. Wow, it was uh, wow. totally legit, and I used to go everywhere with it. The and then people would be people would be like, "Hey, Eric," and I'm like, "Oh Christ, I'm Steven. We just stop yep. say that when I'm at the bouncers, right. like like I'm right there at a club in New York, and it's like, "Hey, Eric." No, it's just his nickname is Eric, because a um, really couple likes... people did that to me. I'm like, really, <laughs> you have to do that now? Um, but yes, my that was the that was the beauty flip side. Like, uh, no, that's a that's a that's a you, reasonable payoff. That's, I, I, I forget, like it is a crime. Yes, we don't endorse this on Martini Chimes. It's nope. a crime. You don't want to do it. Endorse the and here's the thing: aspect. I tell my daughter, like, you're not doing this, no, this and that. And my wife but looks you, at me. You, you, you make crimes. 
No, I didn't. Stop. Don't label crimes. me like that. But the point is, there's no way in hell you're doing this or that. And I literally, once somebody like did something to the front lawn, I got these hooligans. And Nancy was like, with your brother and you, it's good. are you really? I was like, all right. <laughs> you hooligans, you tatterdemalians. <laughs> <laughs> Ragamuffins <Yeah>. <laughs> traipsing across my lawn. Lawn. We used to do shitty things. <laughs> so shitty things. I think you should open, the, open up the uh, podcast with that quip right there. We used to do uh, a lot of shitty, shitty things. things. <laughs> <laughs> so many shitty things. It's true. It's true. Well, everybody, that was Ferris Bueller's Day Off, directed by John, uh, not John Sales. I don't think Hughes. Hughes. Yes, I don't John, think we John talked Hughes. about movies enough. It was more, you know. It was lovely. I think actually, no, we did, but it actually, the the, the point of the movie is to bring up yeah. all those. It's where the movie took us. Uh, yeah, I never had seen the movie, but it still reminded me of something in my life. Absolutely. Yeah. How crazy That's is that? Did you, did you, did ultimately, did you like the movie? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I didn't like the movie, and I think because, um, I think because it reminded me of certain things that are uh, – that chapters aren't closed. Yeah, I feel you. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, oh. Yep. And yep. But then I was like, oh, my God, this movie is so old. That means I have not closed these chapters in that long. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel So yeah, for I'm me, sure. I liked it in a different level. Right. And it's, it's weird. It's like I refuse to see the movie. And it subliminally – like I don't know – I just didn't do it. And after a while, I was like, well, I don't need to see it because it's been so long. But maybe there's a reason why. I, I right. kind of like. Because it was lurking in the background. You knew what something this was, yeah. was going haven't, to You haven't closed those chapters. It says, having seen it now, does this give you incentive to close those chapters? Um, I don't think I can. Okay. I can't. So. And I am. I feel like uh, you don't have to close them in the same way. Like, like. No, I think what you realize, like for me, whatever mistakes you make in life, and I made a lot of mistakes in life and done some stupid stuff, but I've also done some really caring and loving stuff. I've done a lot of interesting things, but I, I definitely, um, my family's the most important thing in my life sure. and my work. And so I just, you know, I can't go back and change things, but I certainly, uh, you know, I did my best. And, um, but I definitely saw things in Ferris Bueller. Like I felt like he was like a fairy tale person or, or like sure. Puck. Yeah. I do. That was a very insightful yeah. Yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. But That's I also feel like there are a lot of people like my brother who were like that, who just were so smart and so charming right. that they got away with everything. Yeah. Well, I definitely think in real life, you rare, I don't, I've never met anyone who's like Ferris Bueller. You meet a lot of people who think they're like Ferris Bueller, and that is trouble because they're really doing it because they just want to be, you know, the center of attention and yes, and, and be the show, you know, and uh, and they really don't care about other people. They just want to. That's right. And there's a hustle, 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 yeah. hustle. Yeah, for sure. And I you're always getting that. hustled. Yeah, I get and that um, sure. it's uh, yeah, there are people like that. Would you say those people are? But so much of America was built by people like that. Well, they're go-getters, you know. Like that's the nature of uh, like narcissism, especially in the eighties. Yeah, like in the eighties, it's all about like 
The I can't world's imagine, your oyster. That's I can right. imagine. I can imagine it. Donald Trump was like that as a kid. Yeah, oh I mean, like n- narcissists are 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 great leaders in terms of like getting people to celebrated, do stuff. celebrated. Yeah. George Bush yeah. was like that because like they they, yeah. they and I know you worked for George Bush campaign, Chris, and a lot of other things, but we don't want yeah. to talk no, about that's that. That's a good time. You and David Addington just chilling. Out. Yeah. But uh, but uh, yeah, I think uh, that uh, narciss- not true for yeah. the audience. <laughs> yeah, boy, I was with you. But the um, he's uh, cut, making a mark to cut that out. <laughs> Boop. I knew that's why I did it. It was like a Metzger thing. <laughs> but yeah, no, like narciss- narcissists like that, you know, are you know because they don't they think everyone else in the world is a robot. They don't have they don't feel any fear about doing anything. That's right. You know, so the, it's easy for them to take leadership roles. But why did he make his character so? And then we'll we'll end on this. But why did he make it like a puck, where it's almost to the borders not real? I think because if you don't do that, then you uh, you have a chance of hating him. Yeah, because he, exactly, exactly, because you make the realistic. And you know what you do? Bag. It's the singing to the Beatles makes it unreal. Right. And that's all, like it, he's. It's a heightened like this is the case with uh, the man, like the manic pixie dream girl trope, right? It's like the like manic pixie dream girls in real life are like when you meet someone like that, they're broken, weird, harmful people more often than not. You know, like you're inspired by them because they're so much fun and they're so crazy. And I mean this uh, across the board for both sexes, by the way. The manic pixie dream girl trope is mostly used with women, but there's manic pixie dream boy characters and stuff like this. And like people that will just go and do fantastic stuff and take chances that you'd never take. Like Like what? It's like, you know, like it's it's there to um to tell usually i mean usually in a sexist way it is therefore a a male character needs to get out of his own way and then he meets this marvelous girl who is just so she's such a free spirit and it opens him up and then they have a wonderful time together and then she just goes away in the end of the movie like that's the the common and sexist version of that um and it's a fantasy for boys largely to uh imagine that there is a uh, that they would meet someone who would service them in some way to unlock their personality, to make them likable to other people. And then they would also disappear. So you wouldn't have them as baggage. <laughs> like that's, a, yeah. that's actually what's happening. And call a prostitute. You know, it's, yeah. It's just bad. It's just bad. Like it's, it's a bad relationship in every possible way. Um, so it's good to like the, the inspir- like having a character that is a muse, you know, that mm. is an inspiration is good. Um, but it's almost a necessary thing in stories to make them a little bit heightened and unreal. So you don't try to connect them to reality because when they connect them to the reality, it turns selfish and strange. Yeah. And I think that's the, uh, with, uh, Ferris Bueller. I mean, like if you made him a more realistic person with, with his own deep problems, well, you already like, start off that way. Cause he's talking to the camera. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's living in a totally magical plane. Cameron can't talk to the camera. Only Ferris Bueller can. Yeah, and uh, and and like that's the that's the nature. He's he is of a different world. He's of a, a slightly exterior yeah. world, and and it makes his actions acceptable because they're projections of what you wish you could do, uh, and uh, and it makes them fun because they're safe fantasies about doing things confidently. Um, but you actually meet people like that, and they're bad news. Could you direct a movie like that? Uh, I don't. I've never given thought to that. I I mean, I I feel that like I could. I've never thought about doing it. I usually, I like the stuff that I like to write is usually about people that are a little messed up. Really? Yeah. You know, or like they, you know, like they, there's a lot. I mean, honestly speaking, the more I read about this movie, I was like, fuck, they wrote the fucking script in six days, six days. I heard about this. Just blew right through it. 
He must like, have had that vision in his mind for oh a long time. Oh, my God. Dad. That's the thing. It builds up in you, and then it comes out like water. I know. Just like the in-laws so, was three days. It, yeah. Right. It was so much about, like, personal stuff. Right. right? Yeah. And so the other thing is, like, the, the parade scene. Mm-hmm. They, 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 like, put out, like, hey, we need people to show up for a parade. That for wide a John shot film. fucking insane shot. 10,000 people showed up. I couldn't, but I was like, oh, my God. Those yeah. are all real people. This is before yeah, Massive. No CG, man. That no is CG. really impressive. There's a lot of people that yeah. showed up to that. Yeah, that is one of the great shots in 80s film right there. It's just like spectacular numbers. fuck? A lot of people. And what was the movie he did prior? Breakfast Club? He's done a bunch of no, movies. No, no. Yeah, what was no, his first he, film? His first breakthrough. I think he was a writer before he was a director. So, but the point is, when he made this movie, did he have a movie under his belt? Yes. Okay. Definitely so. Definitely and so. also the other thing is the construction workers, uh, that was uh, added. That was B-roll. Oh, really? Interesting. So the construction workers dancing to the music uh, was like they they were actually construction workers working. Oh, wow. And they were like having a good time and they're That's like, great. film it, let's put it in a movie. Right, 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 right. That's pretty great. Yeah. So let's see the uh, what? Oh, that's not in date order. God, he made up. He produced a lot of movies. John Hughes. Yeah. yeah. Holy smokes. Okay, let's just go to the old IMD. Dibus. Yep. Uh, filmography. All. Director. Okay, he directed eight movies. Okay, so Sixteen Candles was his breakout movie. Okay, so that's what I was saying. Sixteen. Right. Did I say that Breakfast Club? I thought. Eighty-four, and uh, then Weird Science in eighty-five. Then oh, Bre- I didn't realize that Weird Sign was after Six mm-hmm. Candles. Yep. And uh, then uh, Breakfast Club. Then Ferris Bueller's. Okay. So I was right when I said it was after. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. And then th- that's the last uh, sort of like high school movie that he directs himself. Um, so Ferris Bueller's is the end of that of that era. And then he goes to Plain Strands and Automobiles, She's Having a Baby, Uncle Buck, and Curly Sue. Okay. Yeah. Right. And uh, I, I Curly Sue? Yeah. You mean with Kathleen Turner? I no, that's Peggy Sue got married. I think you're Peggy Sue got married is what you're thinking. Yeah, no, yeah. Uncle Buck is very good. She's having a baby is corny, but it's in, in places. He produced very good. Home Alone. He produced Home Alone for sure. Yes, uh, that was Chris Columbus who directed. Chris Columbus that's did right. that one. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, he produced an unbelievable amount of stuff. Yeah, he's really quite good. Okay, so yeah, produced uh, Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, uh, some kind of wonderful. Yes. Oh, he did not direct Pretty in Pink. He did not direct Pretty in Pink. Who directed Pretty in Pink? Pretty in some kind Pink. of wonderfuls with John Cusack. Uh, no, with um, uh, Eric Stoltz. Oh, right. Yep. Uh, and let's see. Pretty in Pink is directed by uh, Howard Deutsch. Howard Deutsch, uh, most famous for Some Kind of Wonderful, Pretty in Pink, The Replacements, yes. My Best Friend's Girl, yep. and a Macaulay Culkin film that I've never seen. Replacements. Uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, okay. Um, but. Uh, I, I, you know, it's one of those things like you automatically assume that it's directed by John Hughes. Yep, but he like he had a real mark. I it's mean, like the, it's like the Spielberg and 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 uh, 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 Poltergeist, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like or like you know he did uh, Goonies guy. The yeah, um, yeah. What's his name? Uh, that guy. That was his buddy. Yep. Um, the Great Outdoors he did, which feels like Uncle Buck. Right. Right. Um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, A Home Alone. Oh. Uh, Other note: All of the license plates, oh yeah, are are movies that he uh, he worked on. Oh, that's cool! I didn't know. This so, one. so if you look at all the license plate, there's one of them is vacation. 
<laughs> that's good. If you look at the license plate, and the other one is M Mom, which is Mr. Mom. Oh, which is that's a, a great, great movie. movie. Oh really good movie. I love, so, love. so a Keaton? lot. If you Michael look at Keaton? all the all the license plates, Terry Gar, Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah, fucking great. Yeah. Oh my god. So if you look at all the license plates that are in uh, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, they're all references to other John Hughes oh, movies. That's great. Yeah, I guess he must have written Mr. Mom, right? Did he write Mr. Mom? He was definitely involved. Yeah, he didn't sure. directed. But yeah. yeah, that's a cool man. That's. Man, Keaton was he was so good yeah still is still great still yeah. great but he like you I go back and watch Keaton's movies now I'm like this guy's a bona fide genius <laughs> yeah. absolutely and maniac. what we should do I was thinking because we lost um Kirk Douglas we mm. should watch one of his old films oh yeah I like Douglas quite a bit 103 yeah yeah that's pretty good it's crazy nice nice job Serpico Sir, nice, nice job Serpico no he um uh I, I would go with um uh, Paths of Glory. Yeah, I would probably do Saturn Three. No, I oh, I, I would do one. Ten Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, I love all right. that, that tight striped shirt that he wears. Yeah, so cool though, because the effects are so cool and that bluish tone yeah. and James Mason. Mm. James, I can't. I, yeah, my throat's James, James, I can't do it. My voice, my voice is. I'll do it next time. I have. I owe everybody. Yeah, uh, James you, Mason. You owe join James yeah, Mason. That's it. Okay. Next time. Next time. All right. Listen, uh, so this was great. I really love the fact that we were able to uh, uh, to bring Eric into a movie he hadn't seen. Yep. So I'm just going to go ahead and call it as uh, uh, we are going to do after this mm-hmm. uh, 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 Clockwork Orange. Yep. Sounds good. I have owned you guys for over a year. This is going to be a very exciting time. And then after that, we're going to do The Wrong Man. The Wrong Guy. The Wrong Guy. Dave Foley. Guy. Only yeah. available on YouTube. Everyone Only available on YouTube. Yeah. I, it's going to seem weird when you start it, but it stays weird in a good way. <laughs> Stay, with, Stay it. with it. Stay with it. Oh, my God. I cannot believe we. It is our job here at Martini Giant to make that movie famous. And we want to thank Alex for this. This is, yeah. uh, this is a really great What suggestion. we want to do is raise enough alarm bells that people are like, wait a minute. What is this thing? Oh, yeah. this should be on YouTube. Yeah. And then they will take it off. I should see a non-pixelated version of this. Right. Yeah. That's what I want. I want, to mm. pay, I want to pay four bucks for a, a high-res version of Dave Foley. Over, ah. over, oh my God! So, so beautifully, beautifully done. Who's that woman? <laughs> oh my God! And they keep on doing it. That's the best part. So we have really we got to identify that woman. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh really God. funny. Yeah, that's some good business. Uh, is there anything that um, you want to recommend that you've experienced the past couple of weeks? Oh my God! Um, I've experienced a lot actually. I can't really like nail it down. Um, there's actually, honestly speaking, streaming has been overwhelming right There's now. just too much. Too much. The age of too much TV. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really good stuff going on out there. Um, Amazon has been actually more interesting right now for me. Mm-hmm. So I've been experiencing a lot of cool stuff on Amazon. Uh, Netflix is on a little bit of a lull in terms of new content releases. Have you seen the Ricky yep. Gervais thing? No. Which one? Does he have a new one? Yeah, there's a new show. Ricky Gervais. It's called. Um, oh, I did see a Ricky Gervais things, although it was old. Um, it was called The Invention of Lying. No, no, no. This is a new show of his about oh. his wife that passes. Oh, I've seen that one too. I did see that show. Uh, that yes, Ted, my partner, says this is one of the best 
pilots he's seen in a long time. It's That's a good show. Yeah. It's a good show. I saw another Ricky Gervais thing. Thank you for reminding me. I, it is also available on Netflix called The Invention of Lying. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of a rom-com, right? Semi-rom-com? Yeah. I did not see Basically, it. the whole point is that the entire population of the earth has not conceived of the concept the of, of lying. <laughs> right. And he does. Right. And he he's a loser. And he, so he lies. Gets he, wants. he gets whatever he wants because he can lie through it and everyone believes everything right. he says. Yeah. Now, if you know anything about Ricky Gervais, I'm just going to tell you, he pretty much invents religion through lying. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a good guy. Like, yeah, when you die, you go up to heaven yeah. to some place and you have whatever you want. Oh, my God. That sounds so much better than what we know, which is just to be – Empty, vacuous, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing happens. Yes. You're gone. Oh, my God. That's amazing. It's like, yes, because I lied to you just to make you feel better. <laughs> but uh, he, he, in fact, does one of my favorite uh, gags on religion and stand up. And he says just like – because now imagine that you're – like it's actually true. You know, like you whatever it is you believe, it's actually true. Out of the thousands and thousands of other religions, those are all baloney. You're the one who figured it out. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing is like, the other thing is like, you know, who do you, you believe in a God? Mm-hmm. Yes. This is, here's just a conversation he had with uh, Stephen Colbert, who's very Catholic. Right. right. It's like, do you believe in God? It's like, yes. It's like, technically three, but yes, we'll make it one. Right. The Trinity. Yes. Right. And, yeah. and it was funny. Yeah. It was yeah, good. He goes, good. Okay. It's like, all right. So there are thousands of other gods out there. Mm-hmm. So let's say a thousand and one. Right. I don't believe in – you don't believe in a thousand. I don't believe in a thousand and one. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's the difference. Yeah, like, that's it. We're more or less the same. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. More or less yeah, what's your god better than – anyway, that's yep. a, no, that's that's a whole business. atheism thing. But yep. uh, I'm not going to get to that. All right. Whole different podcast. Whole different podcast. So well, we've got basically some obscure stuff going on. Not so obscure, actually. Ferris Bueller's office, not so obscure. Oh, that's yes. No. Uh, Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange. It's going to be very fun. Not so obscure. Yeah, but it but will less, be. But less seen by the general population. Yeah, I think everyone, the normal story with that is that everyone has seen this movie when they're probably around 18 or 19. Right. And then they don't go back to it. Uh, I I have seen it many many times over the course of my life, and every time I see it, it's just as offensive as the last time I mm. saw it. And it's right. really it's one of my favorite things where I'm just like, oh, this is really fucking bracing every single time. It's yes. really great. So I'm looking forward to that one. With and then that. we're gonna go off the deep end to go to uh, uh, the wrong guy. The wrong guy. <sighs> yep. yep, it's good. That's some good business, Dave All Foley. Right. Okay, remember. To subscribe to our podcast if you enjoy it. Remember to uh, rate us on Apple Podcast, mm-hmm. and remember to give us a rating on Apple Podcast, and, uh, and recommend us to all your friends on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all the rest. That's that. All right, thank you guys. Drink, talk, drink. drink.